Let's do the damn thing. Oh, you know what time it is. It's time to take it to the burn land. It's about to go down. Hope you're all ready. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. go. Come and roll with me to the burn land. Friends got to giving you the word, man. Any other BS is absurd, man. Sports talk and they give it to you firsthand. They can talk turps, they can talk O's, yeah, they both lit. That's how it goes. Baltimore squad, Ravens and Poe. Better tune in, here gonna show. Birdland, Birdland, Birdland. BS. Birdland, Birdland, Birdland. BS. all about that bs baby welcome 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 BS, i BS. know i'm not fred but look <laughs> he's getting it out of the way now let's just get it out of the way <laughs> now so we can temper the expectations yes. for the show look uh we're getting fred's getting a break for a couple weeks yeah he's Let got him recharge some batteries that, yeah. that chair is getting a break too <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's words, not mine. Ryan's just gonna do it, and he's just gonna go at it. Yeah. Uh, so, if you do happen to see a a Fred in there, um, even if it says Fred Mullins, Fred Mullins, kick him out, please. Somebody, yeah. somebody, we'll give moderator status Blocked. to somebody to kick him out. There we go. That's the easy way to do it. All right, guys, we got a good show for you guys this week. Uh, obviously, there there hasn't been a lot going on, but there were some storylines and maybe some not so storylines. Uh, I'm curious to get your take on it. Drew and, and what we're going to get into today. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, so first topic, obviously, our Ravens offensive lineman gets a new addition. Uh, our MVP quarterbacks out there doing some questionable uh, <laughs> uh, activities with uh, some children, local children. Where's Fred? We got a Penn State fan in I'm here. Already ruined be it. careful. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, my goodness. Charitably. <laughs> I give you 30 seconds. He's, I give you 30 seconds and you're already saying. Well, let's just, say, no, let's right, just so go to the crash read. <laughs> Definitely not Fred. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, look, we're also going to break down some positions that we've got some good depth at um, and some areas that we may be able to afford losing in the right trade. Uh, and I'm curious to get everybody's take on this because we're, we're stacked at some positions on the roster right now. This this obviously isn't the true depth part chart. That's not going to get released till August. But I'm curious to get your take on where you think we can afford to trim some fat without losing a whole lot here. Yeah. And then uh, the main 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 thing right now, Orioles. Uh, you're at the All-Star break. Uh, they're struggling, but SETI got our All-Star, get the start, batting ninth. I think he should still be you, batting leadoff. You know uh, you know things are looking up for the Orioles when this guy's wearing all Orioles gear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the brand new hat. There you go. He's got the All-Star game it's hat. The brand new four-year-old hat. No big deal. <laughs> Uh, Marshall's baby shout out. There you go. So, and, of course, of course, we'll talk about our boy, our boy Trey, and that home run derby show, and hell of a show. Oh yeah, hell of a show. I, I was excited to watch it and excited with the results. Uh, and in this week's rundown, we're going to talk UFC trilogy, a couple of drafted terps. Ryan had to get the Terps in there. He's wearing the Orioles, but he had to get the Terps in there. Trouble, a couple of drafted Terps ball players. Italy wins the Euros. A little bit of controversy going on there too. And USA base or USA basketball disappointing in the first two games pre Olympics. We're gonna get into all that. But before we do, before we go. do, you know what time of the day it is. <laughs> Injured at work or in an auto accident? Not sure who to call. Eight five five MD Crash are the Maryland personal injury attorneys that have your back. 
And if you find yourself in that unfortunate situation, and I know I haven't, knock on wood, but <laughs> hey, you may have, give our team at MD Crash a call right away. We all know that the cost of medical bills, lost wages, and pain and suffering can all add up very quickly and potentially put you in a bad financial position. If you want a team that will handle your case, big or small, and just give you a peace of mind, save this number. If you haven't yet, guess what? Fred says it every time. I'm, we should just stop doing this because you don't – It's put it in your phone. But if you haven't, it's M 855 md crash That's 855-632-7274. Be sure to follow them on Facebook for fun giveaways that include tickets to your Ravens and Orioles. Now hey, I feel like it only took me four shows. That was seamless. <laughs> that was way better than any read of that I've done. Uh, that was pretty good. That was pretty good, Jake. <laughs> good job. I like it. I'm proud of myself. Oh, man. All right, guys. We got a lot to get into. Let's let's start right off with uh, Ravens flock talk. Uh, obviously, not a whole lot going on with the Ravens, but some exciting news for some, for some players, uh, some controversy for others, and we're going to get into a breakdown of some potential areas that might we might be able to utilize where we've got some depth and we can utilize it as trade bait. Um, but first off, congratulations to Kevin and Sarah Zeitler on their newest edition, second child of theirs, Parker Lou Zeitler, happened on Thursday. Congratulations to the two of them. But the bigger story was not the actual birth. It wasn't. It was the fact that while she's in labor, mind you, how much was she in labor? There was a, there was a laptop in front of her, and she's watching videos. Oh, oh, <laughs> is that the most controversial oh thing that's ever happened? Oh, my Holy God. Crap. We're going to nope. get canceled. Nope. Oh, this is not endorsed by Shell and Tell. This not is endorsed by Andy Crash. segment only. We will no. not question anyone's birthing process here on this show. I apologize to all the women out there that have been offended by that, that, that poor excuse for a man over there. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just surprised you because it's completely out of I character know. for me. That's why. But no, no. He just so, decided to drop as, the hammer right she, there and there. As she's in labor, <laughs> she shows a video of him working on pass block sets and working on his, his feet and, and his stance on the pass block sets. So my question to you guys, this guy's this guy's wife's is in, in labor, having their second child like a pro. But sh she's being like the pro. Let me let me rephrase yeah. that, okay? Please, please she's the pro. explain labor for us real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, no, but so she's she's in labor like a pro with the second child, and he's over there doing pass block sets. What's this tell you about him as, as an athlete and as a player? That he needs some practice, I guess. <laughs> Commitment. Or just we know what he's doing when he's bored because maybe it was like eight hours of labor. He's, been and he's just waiting at this room. point like, look, we did this one time already. Just, let's hurry up. <laughs> I think I look at it. I think it just shows you that he's, he's working and he's he knows he knows he needs to bring something to the table. He signed a, you know, a three year contract with the Ravens. So I think he, he knows and says, I need to step up here. I need to do whatever it takes. And sometimes that's, you know, that that's even when you're not at work, you're still working, yeah. right? That type of mentality. So he's putting in the work, you know, any way that he can. And she obviously didn't have a problem with it. She's laughing about it, right? She, yeah, she, she would have took the video. She she was yeah, exactly, actually exactly. So probably on good drugs. <laughs> that too. She may have the epidural at that point. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but no, it like exciting news for them. And I thought it was like you know just really cool with that. And then the, seeing them with the baby afterwards, you know, the big smiles on their faces. So congratulations to them on that. I know that they're. Uh, there by sitting there behind me. There's where's the baby? There, there's the baby. There's the baby. <laughs> I had to like figure out which where's way Where's the baby? <laughs> He's uh, hiding the mother and a baby. We already know where his stance are. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
I'm already done on the show. It hasn't even started. Swap. Uh, We're but swapping any, chairs. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, so congratulations to the Zeitlers. Uh, exciting news for them. Uh, wish them the best of luck, and, and hopefully his pass block sets can continue to be worked on. We'll just leave it at that. Um, you guys see this thing about Lamar? Who hasn't if you're a Ravens fan at this point, right? Or anybody else. They've made this national news somehow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, we it, talked last week. They want him as national news no matter what happens. Even if, even if they want to be negative or positive, they want it to be, they, yeah, you want him he, in the news. He's straight clickbait. Yeah, it, it's, look, Lamar holds an event in his hometown, Papano Beach, Florida. Uh, great event for the kids in the community. It's actually like a camp. He gave out awards, working with a lot of these kids, um, and almost like combine-type setup. Well, afterwards, he's... He goes out with some of the kids and some of the fans that are, are football players in some cases, and he's working with them on the basketball court. And he's there, you know, at first he throws one pass to one kid, and then he gets out there like a wide receiver, and then he gets out there like a DB, right? And he's he's doing all these all these pass blocks, and then it blows up today because Shannon freaking Sharp opened his mouth and a can of worms with this. Because he's sitting there saying, oh, what is he doing? This guy's about to get paid. What is he going to do if he gets hurt? He could, ru- he could be ruining his entire money and his, all this money that he's, he's going to be due here anytime now. Right? What was your take on the situation itself and the reaction by the media and some of the fans? I won't say that it, it didn't. I didn't just play it off as like he couldn't get injured. Yeah, in, in my mind, yeah, a little bit of that is you could have gotten injured. But you could be doing literal workouts that are with, you know, I mean, for your football career and still get hurt. I mean, that's what we we got from these Denver players that would happen. You know what I mean? They were they were off site where they shouldn't have been. You know, the the, the player association allowed, uh, but they were doing football activities. It's like because this wasn't a football activity for the Ravens, you're up in arms for it. And that goes with what Ryan said last week. It's or it was just literally just saying like. It seems like no matter what the guy does, there's going to be something clickbait worthy, even if there's no reason to. Do you think some of the reaction from the fan base is what we saw with Terrell Suggs? And he gets hurt, he tears the Achilles playing basketball, right? And winds up missing a portion of the season, the beginning of the season. You know, do you think that's a little bit of scarring of maybe that was somewhat of the downfall, even though he was already starting to kind of go down a little bit? That was somewhat of the downfall of Terrell Suggs in Baltimore and his the the consistency in his numbers that he was putting up. I mean, for me, I won't really compare both. It, it yes, you you're getting you could get hurt in an all in an off team activity, but he was doing something that was like for charitable for the kids. For some kids, like, you know, they're not all privileged. Like, not all kids that in this world are have the chance to go and be football players for the for a career, let alone get earn an education off of it. Yeah. This might literally be the highlight of their life. So if I mean that's why I, I go, if 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 he made someone more than one person's day, to me it's you're making too big a deal about uh, out of it. Okay. It, it, yes, he could get hurt. I mean, I'm I'll say I'll keep saying it. But he could get hurt. Walking his dog, <laughs> he could. James, I like. Yeah, I was gonna say. I like James' take earlier. Um, <clears throat> I'm all for what he wants to do. Let, let him live his life. It's money's only a thing to some people. Like if that was the case, we would all want to have money, like like have like two hundred million dollar contract. But he enjoys what he's doing. He's giving back to the fans, and, and that's all that matters to him. If if he only cared about the money, he wouldn't be doing what he's doing. 
he probably grew up didn't well didn't have anything from the get go. So he he he'll be fine in his his eyes. He'll be fine anyways. So I'm I'm all for it. I, I think people make more of a narrative about stuff just to get a reaction. And this is just another reaction where, at the end of the day, he's going to get his money, and he's going to be fine, just like anybody else that gets hurt. All right, Ryan, what's your take here? I I don't have a real issue with it. I, I've i talked before. There are definitely things that Lamar does that I'm not a fan of handing this dude the keys for the next decade. I don't know that this is individually an issue, um, but I do think it is a pattern of behavior that makes me worry to give him a very long contract. Like a Pat Mahomes contract of a decade seems a little risky when you're talking about somebody. There's no there's no off-the-fields issue with Pat Mahomes. There's no controversial workouts with Pat Mahomes. But every year you got Lamar in the jet ski. You got Lamar hanging out with Kodak Black. You got Lamar in some sketchy-ass neighborhoods. Like, he, well, it, I, I just Well, think, Patrick did get one because apparently he played a pickup game and they told him they were – want him to shut that down. A basketball thing. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this question then. If this is on ground, because the whole thing was, oh, he could roll an ankle on that, and all it takes is on, he's on concrete. If this happens on, if this is on grass, does this make the headlines that it is? Is this literally, does this literally come down to the concrete versus grass? Or is there more to it than that? For me, that has nothing to do with it. I, again, this, this incident alone, I would shrug off completely. The only reason I'm giving it any credit for people, like I find it ridiculous the headlines, let this kid like be like with these kids and make their day. But again, it's the 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 total of the work, the total amount of issues that I see with his off the field between game things that makes me worry about this a little bit. His decision process to stay safe, to keep his body right, to be a Tom Brady that can play till he's forty. Like I don't know if that's happening with somebody that's not that doesn't think immediately about the game and his prolonged part in it. Okay. I, so here's my take on it. The, the, the fact that he's out there, I think, look, his heart is in the right place here. He's going 100%. back. He is going back to his community, right? As what do, what do a lot of players say? Oh, you got to reinvest into the community. What the hell do you think he's doing? He's yeah. the one that put on this event, right? He's the one out there and he's giving these kids. What are you, what are you also going to bring up the fact that he got out of the car and they bum rushed him? Right, you see that video? Anybody, anybody talking about that? That the yeah. security yeah, security no. didn't step in. He's getting bum rushed. Why? Because he's getting bum rushed by six, seven, and eight year olds. Okay, chill out. The guys that he's going against on that concrete, I think. It, I don't. I personally think if this happened on grass, it it wouldn't have blown up well, as big as it did. It happened in the ocean last year, and people lost their mind about it. <laughs> it people wouldn't have lost their mind if he didn't fall over the jet ski. <laughs> Yeah. Had he not fallen over the jet ski, it would have been, oh, look at Lamar. He's, he's still got it. Even in, this, even in the sand, he's, he's working out, right? It, would have been, it wouldn't have been as, as big of an issue. But his heart's in the right place. He's going back to his community. This guy is still young. We're talking about a guy that's 24 years old. I agree with I can tell you saying. right now, everybody in this room could look back and at a choice they made when they were 24 years old and go, huh, I probably shouldn't have done that. Fully agree. And no bosses would have handed me $40 million. Right, but at the same time, you didn't have the athletic ability or talent that this kid does. Hey, don't sell Ryan short. <laughs> I was a catcher. The only, thing that, the only thing that's short is Scott's deck. Oh, God, here we go. Anyway. Hey, hey I, I do love, like, the inside jokes in, uh, our, in, yeah. our, in our show now. Yeah, anyway. Even though they're mostly against you. But. Well, I would say they're all against me, and this is the fact that, you know, the, the fans are now know the inside jokes, too, so it works, it works even better for you guys. Uh, but look, here's the deal. 
Anybody notice anything about those videos other than they were on concrete? What Lamar was not doing? He didn't have um, slides on, so he was fine. Well, he, 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 he didn't have slides on. <laughs> he was going like 40%. Exactly. This guy, it, you're talking about one of the fastest guys <laughs> in the NFL going, a bunch, going against a bunch of kids who were probably the ones that he was going against, maybe anywhere between 13 to 17. He could burn any one of them any second if he wanted to. He was trying to show some of them to put in the work, right, and give them a reality check. I get it. It's, it's risky. But he's trying to get some of these, some of these kids get cocky. And what he's trying to do is say, you're not as good as you think you are. David Big Play giving us some Browns hate over here. What's up, guys? Is media allowed to film Lamar throwing again? Thanks. I'll hang up, hang up and listen. <laughs> well, apparently there was one throw at this kid's camp. So either that kid's going to jail for his cell phone video, or I guess we're allowed to film again. <laughs> uh, they've already done their hype video with the six good throws he's had in the last month. So we're good now. Yeah, we're. I think we're good now. But, uh, yeah, no. So I, I think overall, when you look at this whole situation, I think it was blown up. It's blown out of proportion. And, and Shannon, the thing that pissed me off about Shannon Sharp, especially, I showed you guys the clip because you guys hadn't seen it because it happened today. If you guys yeah, haven't seen it, yeah, I hadn't seen it. Look it up on YouTube. It was undisputed with Skip and Shannon, and they're talking about Lamar. Yeah, it was a little and too long for us to play here. They were definitely, oh, they definitely reflected. But by the time he got to his point, like always, it's already four minutes into when he gets but he to made his point. His, he made his point in the first 10 seconds because he kept saying the same thing. Yeah. Get your, he literally says at works. the end of his point, he literally says, Get your money, then if you want to go do that, you can. Yeah. To him, yeah. Shannon is like, oh, you need to get paid. It's all about money. It's all about money. And I think James hit the nail on the head. This to Lamar, it's not about money. It's never been about money. It's about legacy. He's said that. He wants to be, he said from the get-go, he wanted to come here and win a Super Bowl. He said that he wanted to be the, the Tom Brady of Baltimore, right? He said that he wants his legacy to be known over his contract. Right. That's why this kid is so good. And he's only 24. People need to chill the hell out. I guarantee not only just everybody at this table, I guarantee we could look at Shannon Sharp and look at some of the decisions he made when he was 24. Well, and real happy social media didn't exist then. Probably right. involved exactly. a lot of he didn't, A lot of them did. He that didn't then. have to worry about someone, someone filming him doing coke. In the, in the bathroom, like it's it just there was so, it's a different world that Self, we live in. Cell phone video is hot mess, right? Exactly. <laughs> so ultimately, I look at it and say people are blowing this out of proportion. I know that Garnett says, "I guess we need to put Lamar in a panic room so nobody don't lose their mind." Exactly. That's, that's exactly. Good. I mean, or we could just lock up Kodak Black, and that'd be the same thing. We'd be all right. <laughs> Nick Nick Short <laughs> says, "Good to know if we lose one of our cornerbacks, Lamar can step in." One hundred percent, he could. That's not even a, a <laughs> see. Question. Those are the kind of comments. <laughs> Like Lamar can play every <laughs> position on the team. He's that. He's that man. Yeah. All right. Uh, kind of moving right along here. The Ravens are really stacked a lot of different positions on this roster. Right. And it kind of there was a little article today that was just talking about you. Know, there's the other day that was, you know, kind of how much we have and how much depth we have on this squad right now as it sits. And we don't even have the depth chart. We're just looking at the damn roster. Yeah. So you look at it and. You think, okay, maybe there's some, there's going to be some tough roster calls here. There might be some trade potential for, for a guy or two. If you want to make a big splash, it's going to cost you a lot. I don't think the Ravens are going to do that. But you're not going to be able to afford to stash all these guys either. Yeah. Right? So it got it got me thinking, and Ryan had a good call out before the show. He kind of said, you know what? What did, what did, we, send, what did we end with last year, right, as far as our depth? 
And the depth chart, we again, we don't have this. It, the depth chart's not coming out to August. So we're literally just looking at the Ravens website and what they say their current roster is and how many we have at each position. So Ryan, take us down what we're what we're getting or what we had last year that you guys that you and James found uh, online. Uh, so we had five running backs, six wide receivers, three tight ends, nine offensive linemen, uh, five defensive linemen, five outside linebackers, four inside linebackers, five cornerbacks, and five safeties. So it's about five for everything except for your offensive line and tight ends. Okay. It's about average. So when you look at that, right, there's a few positions that, that stand out to me that when you look at the roster right now, we're overloaded with. Okay, let's let's take a look at linebacker first, right? How many linebackers did we say we carried? And let's just let's for right now, let's just look at inside linebackers. Four for inside linebackers. We carried four. So we have six on the roster right now. And let's take a look at who we've got. We've got I'm sorry, seven actually. We've got Patrick Queen, LJ Fort, Malik Harrison. Those guys are automatic locks for this roster as far as I'm concerned. Any anybody disagree with that? Yeah, absolutely. No, you I absolutely, mean, I absolutely <laughs> agree with you. I was like, where, where, are you listening locked. to me, Drew? Absolutely. Patrick Queen's got to go. Okay. So Chris Board is, is kind of the fourth. I think he's a guy that he's shown splashes over the past year, year and a half. I think he's a guy that he he might have he locked in his spot. But then, your, then that brings you down to your bubble guys, right? We just got this year Dalen Hayes. Are you willing to waste a draft pick? No, I think he's – I think he – I count him as a lock because he – you heard you, you've heard a decent bit of hype in in those early OTAs and and okay. mini camps. I I I okay, you can't call him a lot like compared to the other guys, but I think he's making the roster because I don't think unless he completely looks bad or some random thing happens to him that he doesn't can't play at all. Like I, he's making the roster. Right. So you got, you got him. I think I think you're right. I think I put him as a bubble guy because I'm looking at okay, if we've got four inside linebackers, now you're going to carry five. Keep that in mind because when we talk about these other positions, you're going to have to cut somewhere else, right? So you're going to have to cut trim the fat somewhere else. Yeah. So Dalen Hayes, you got Christian Welsh, who's you know a, a guy that is just kind of coming into his own, a little bit of a project. Don't know that there's going on. And then Garnett says the other guy. He says Welsh, and the guy that I'm saying is another bubble guy, Otara Alaka. That he has improved over the past two years, right? He's a guy that is. Are they willing? They've seen the progression out of him. Are they? Do they think he can make that leap? That he can be on this roster? And if so, okay, who are you pulling off? Because I don't think you're carrying more than five. I think five is your max. Yeah. And if if, if it comes down, and you're saying four. Okay, are you going Dalen Hayes over Chris Board? Right. I know you're not getting rid of Malik Harrison. I know you're not getting rid of Patrick Queen. Are you going to say, all right, we're done with LJ Fort, despite what Fort has been able you, to do? You, I mean, you locked him up for another year or two, though. Exactly. So. You've, you've got him locked down. So. Yeah, I, I thought, yeah, to me, it, it's it's Queen, Fort, Harrison, uh, Hayes, and Board. If, okay. I, if I'm correct, didn't they release Fort and then resign him? They, yeah, last yeah. year. Yeah. Last year, they resigned him. So he's. He is on the roster. I think he's got a year or two left on his contract at this point. So I, I really think when you look at that, I think we carry four. We might be able to carry five, but you got to trim the fat somewhere else. All right, so let's let's shift right to the deep to the deepest part of the roster. Right. So let's look at DB. So let's start. Let's start with just cornerbacks. How many cornerbacks did we carry last year? Cornerbacks uh, was five. Okay. So on the roster right now, here's the cornerbacks that you have and the ones that. Some of these may be locked. Some of them may not. Depends on how you look at it. Anthony Averett, Marlon Humphrey, lock. 
<laughs> I think so. Marcus Peters. Lock. Lock. <laughs> Jimmy Smith. Lock. Because this guy, we thought he would have gone like three years ago, <laughs> yeah. so obviously he's a lock. Anthony Levine. Mm, pretty close to a lock. <laughs> I mean, it, no, I'd say lock because they did they they wrap him up. Right. Yeah. They did extend him. So you extend it, you extend him, you bring him on, and he also brings you that value on special teams. Mm. Let's not forget about that, right? Brandon Stevens, who you just got in the draft this year. Yeah, he's he's a lock. That's okay. What are you gonna do with Tavon Young then? He's cut. I think it all I think if Brandon Stevens and another guy were uh gonna talk about Sean Wade, if they show strides and they, they make the team like they they one of those guys might be showing that they're gonna be the uh slot corner at least even if it's not right this year because you could if everyone's healthy you can have you marlin shifts around he can play the slot but if one of those show that they can handle the slot load then i think obviously that makes Trayvon young expendable and i mean depending on how the outs and the contracts i mean you trade him for you know like a fifth rounder or something like that i mean anyone could probably somebody could lose their slot corner like we lose Tavon young and just say hey it's worth a later round pick yeah yeah Chill, chill Garnett. We're get, I'm getting to it. All right. So then that gives you here's your, here's your bubble your bubble out trade. Right. You got to figure out where where you're doing with these guys. You got Khalil Dorsey. I think you can stash him on the practice squad. He's fine. Devontae Harris. Same kind of thing. Yeah, here's fine. here's the here's one of the big question marks. Yvonne Marshall comes in healthy this year. Does he have a shot at this roster? The only reason he apparently didn't last year was because he went on the IL. Yeah. That's another one where it almost starts to feel like Tavon, though, where it's just like, are you ever staying healthy? Like, even if you have a decent camp. Or Jimmy. (laughs) Or Or any other NFL player. Yeah. But uh, that's the one, I guess, on the the out, on our bubble list that I... I can't really see what would happen because if he if he is right. good enough if he's if he shows a lot in camp what we we've seen in camps from him before, sure he could hang around. But if 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 he's taking a step back, there's just at this point there's two there's no spots for you. Right. Well, and then you got you know you mentioned Sean Wade earlier, right? And then you got Garnett's guy. Garnett says this guy is his dark horse. It's Chris Westry. I won't. This lie. guy's I don't an under about him. <laughs> undra- I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Garnett. He was on. Un- he was an undrafted free agent, correct? Uh, out of the draft, and he, he. We picked him up this year, and this is a guy. So here he goes. You just can't find a six foot four, two hundred three pound cornerback that runs four three three has potential to be coach's weapon. If he can't cover, that's exactly what I said about Boykin two years ago. <laughs> yeah, but he's on the other side of the ball. He has to catch the ball. I mean, but there's a Put reason. Boykin out there, corner. Let's go. There's a reason guys go undrafted. I mean, a lot of times it's there's something that's just Ravens too glaring. Ravens find one undrafted free agent uh, yeah. though that ends up being a stud. Yeah. So Garnett could very easily be right. Yeah. All right. So all right. So we we talked about the cornerback. So obviously we 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 really said what one two three four five. We're thinking six. Is what we're thinking, right? So we're one over on the, on the cornerbacks. So how many safeties did we have last year? Give me a little spider five. five. <laughs> we had five. All right, so five safeties. We've got six on the roster right now. Your locks right now, Chuck Clark, Deshaun Elliott. And that's it. And that is it, right? Let's look at the rest of it. You got Geno Stone, Jordan Richards, which Geno Stone, don't forget, you. they released him and then picked him back up because yeah, nobody else yeah, wanted him. yeah. So I think he, he went somewhere else, and then he they released him, so we picked him back up. <laughs> then you got Jordan Richards, who, meh, 
He didn't really show a, a lot. Nigel Warrior last year so showed some some flashes, some like fl- small small flashes. <laughs> you just like the name. It's worth it for the name. Yeah, we're gonna get some Warrior jerseys in here. And then and then Ardarius Ar- come out and play. Ardarius Ar- Washington was the last is the last guy on that roster. So if you're picking up an extra an extra cornerback, which we said we've said before, Jimmy could shift. We could see Jimmy come over and shift into a safety position. He could be a good roaming free safety. So if you do that, now you only have to worry, compared to last year, you can you go four. So Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott. So of those other four guys, Stone, Richards, Nigel Warrior, Washington, are you taking are you taking two more? And if so, who? As of right now. Yeah, that's a tough one. Like that's a tough one to really say right now because until we start seeing, like, until they hit camp, it's, they, it's I, tough. It's, it's tough now because of how, I mean. I'd rather have my corners. I like this uh, 6'4", 203-pound, 4'3", guy at safety. Why is he playing corner? <laughs> he could cover a lot of ground back there. <laughs> so, and Garnett's saying Brandon Brandon Stevens is a guy that has the ability to play safety, yeah, right? Brand, so, yeah, that was what happened when they drafted him, even though he's a project. They were saying there is a chance that they're looking at the safety spot too. So under that thought process, right? You could you could arguably say Chuck Clark, Deshaun Elliott, and then your one bubble one bubble safety being Nigel Warrior. I think might be the biggest guy that we would all might be on the same page, unless I'm wrong. Anybody I, think anybody else? I think that this is one of those positions where they're just going to play roster magic and decide which ones are making it to the practice squad. Like I don't know that there's enough tape on any of these guys without some real exposure in in the uh, preseason to make a decision on this. Like, there's no, I don't think there's anything clear here. No, I, I don't think there is. I'm just, again, this is, this is, there's a lot of guys that we, that you can get rid of here and you could wind up getting something potentially for them. Cause some of these guys won't make it. I don't think a Nigel warrior is going to be able to make it through another practice squad. I think somebody could pick him up. Right. Uh, first as a depth piece. Well, we get to keep three of them if we're talking about last year's numbers. So it's the ones right, you don't if, think are making it. You keep. But if you're but if you're going to take more safeties right, or more cornerbacks. Right. We said five last year. We said Averett. And this year we're saying Averett, Humphrey, Peters, Smith, Levine. If you're taking Stevens, now you're at six. So you got to take one away. And if you're going to going to keep a guy like a Sean Wade or a Chris, Chris Westry or an Amon, you're going to give him on Marshall a shot. There's your seventh. Now you got to take two away from that five. You can only take three safeties at that point. So is it going to be now? I think if you're saying I'm taking it down to one to one extra safety, I think it's Nigel Warrior, especially if you're saying Brandon Stevens can can fill in and play safety here. So that's just my take on it. Let's shift more. Right. This is a spot that when you look at the roster, you're you're like, you're like, wait a second. We have this many guys. And some of these some of these guys have the NFL experience. Right. So it's the tight ends. We got a lot of tight ends right now. You got the two the two absolute locks, Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle. No argument there, yeah, right? Clearly, clearly, clearly locks. But if we want to go three tight ends, maybe a fourth. How many tight ends did we carry last year? Carry three, right? Three. So we carry three last year. So let's assume the same. Your extra guys that you got to figure out. Not the Michigan boy. <laughs> Eli Wolf. He's your future fullback. That's why. <laughs> Eli Wolf, Ben Mason. Eric Tomlinson, Tony Poljan, Josh Oliver, and Jake Breland. Now, Jake Breland, Josh Oliver, we've heard those names. We've heard Ben Mason. The name that you probably haven't heard is Tony Poljan, or Poljan, however you say it. I started looking him up because I was like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, I don't know who he is. 
He played one season at Virginia as their tight end. Mm-hmm. He tied, I think, for fourth with the most reception yards by a tight end. And he let he leads or tied for first with for UV history, University of Virginia history, for most tight end TDs. In a, in a single season. Maybe they're not really known for their tight ends. <laughs> no, but and that, that's true. But is this a guy that could could evolve into something, right? This was one season at Virginia against higher-level competition. Could this be a guy that, that comes on and under, under the right tutelage, behind the right guys, could wind up being that true third tight end? You have a lot of development there, right? Yeah, because, I mean, you're very, you are very good at, at developing the tight end. Exactly. At coaching the tight ends up and even, you know, picking tight ends out of nowhere, even if they don't become like Mark Andrews or, uh, you know, the heaps of the world, like they, they find these little gems that like, even if it's for one or two years, it's a really good role player that blocks the hell out of the uh, line that you need. And not necessarily he's any of these guys on this list aren't going to be if you lose Mark Andrews. You're already kind of have a glaring hole, regardless. Oh yeah. So no one's. <laughs> well, you know I mean, look at the hole with when you lose Nick Boyle. Yeah. So no, obviously, not if, when you lose one of those two guys, it's hard to. At, you can't say at all that one of these guys fills those roles. So I mean, you're just going to have to see what happens in camp. Well, and I think the other thing that you got to remember is right. We brought in Thomason last year, and you brought in Wolf last year to help fill the role when when Boyle went down. Yeah. But they couldn't even do it to the point that you had to ask Patrick Ricard to step up yeah, a little Ricard, bit more. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's one of those things that you look at it, and I, I say, I think if I'm going to carry three, I think Thomason and Wolf, they do have NFL experience, but you know what? I don't know that they're that anybody's beating down the door for them. Yeah. Right? I think they're guys that, that you could wind up practice squad, or if they release and go where else, somewhere else, it's fine. Oliver, Breland. I, I don't know. Mason may be the bigger, the big question mark of who is is Mason the guy that they go with here because he is a little bit more moldable. He played against higher level competition um, compared to, to to what Tony did. But it, I think it comes down to who's the little bit more rounded player for what the Ravens need right now. In that case, it might be Paul John that you can ask Nick Boyle to go back to it, and then you can you can have this guy kind of take the role. Of what you had um, with Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst do. Yeah. Right. And not have him complain as much because he's an undrafted guy. Yeah. Right. But He'd he's be got happy potential. for like 15 catches a year. Right. Exactly. So, uh, uh, Ryan. I just want to say these young tight ends are such a fucking crapshoot. I mean, if anybody, yeah. like we all this, Kyle Pitts, like, is the next greatest thing in the world. We just lived this a couple years ago. OJ Howard was a lock. This is the best tight end. There's no question he's going to take over everything. He's been the third string tight end in Tampa since he got there. I don't, they're so unpredictable. So if we lose these rookie and they end up being something, so what? Like, right. It, it is what it is well, because I've been told too many times that we know who good tight ends are, but the competition is so much worse in college that these guys are able to pretend they're athletes, and there's a whole other level. That there, there's a, as you say, there's a reason so many college athletes don't ever make it to pro sports. You know, it's it's there are there's a finite number of, of guys that get contracts, and even you know even in in the female side of things and the women's side of things, there are only a finite number of contracts that are there and a finite number of opportunities. So you have to make the most of an opportunity that you get. 
in Nick, Nick saying Waller would have been a great tight end had we moved him. We've said this before. If he would have it's, stayed in Baltimore, he would have still be on drugs. It, I, it's <laughs> it's easy to say that when it's hindsight's twenty twenty. It's real easy to say that now. But when he was on all the drugs and he he couldn't get his head on straight, he was having the on the field issues. He was having the off the field issues. Tight end wouldn't have mattered. Moving him to tight end, he still would have had the the other chemical abuse issues, right? It would it would have been the same situation, and it would have probably actually screwed him. I actually think it helped him in his career that Baltimore said, hey, we're, we're done with you. We're not going to do anything. And good on him to go out there and do what he's done at tight end. I bet this Zach D18 from YouTube would be a really good tight end in the NFL. <laughs> we should we should let him do it, you know, troll himself over there and get killed. There you go. Uh, and Garnett says Oliver is his guy. I treat him like a draft pick in a way. Look, he he could he very well could be. I, I just don't know where where it's all going to fit in because if you only carry three, you've got to lock on two. Are you going to take the, the NFL experience, guys? You're going to take a raw rookie. You're going to take a guy that you can mold. It, it, there's this giant question mark. So this is another one that we're really, truly going to have to wait to see. But it's again, it's just fun little prediction. True, Nick. Boykin does not have drug issues we're aware of. Uh, yeah. That we're aware <laughs> of. We're aware of. Uh, the other, so the other position that we are, we are loaded at. Whether it's great loaded or not, we are loaded. At. Right. That's what the tight ends is. We're not great loaded. We're just loaded. We just got so many guys, just so many bodies. We so, need less people. Ryan, how many wide receivers did we carry last year? Wide receivers is six. Six wide receivers. We got 11 on the roster right now. Yeah, we're okay. only keeping about three of those. Let's go with the locks. <laughs> Let's go with the locks. Sammy Watkins. Marquise yeah. Brown. Yes. Rashad Bateman. Definitely a lot. James Prochet. Yeah. Devin Duner yeah. Duvernay. And are you sure on those last two? I guess I, I mean think, I'm more sure really on Duvernay than I am Prochet, but okay. <laughs> so then you have the other guys you have, right? Tylon Wallace. We've yep. been hearing some good things that he's been looking good. That's my boy. You got the guy that we think is on the out, Miles Boykin. Deion Kane, Devin, uh, Devin Gray, Jalen Moore, Benjamin Victor. These guys, I don't. I, I think these are practice squad guys. They are not big splash guys. They're project guys that may one day be able to make a backup spot. But none of these guys are coming in and making a, making a splash and becoming a, a wide receiver that's a starter in any way, shape, or form. And they're these guys are. If somebody gets hurt, you stash them on your practice squad. You can bring one of them up and help out. We're making a two for one trade for Nikhil Harry. We're definitely taking Boykin <laughs> and whoever else they want of those last five. And uh, half. <laughs> Through the year, Chris Moore comes back. <laughs> you get, you're going to need him on special teams. The special so, teams well, fucking and, hero. And so you, you you said you're not high on Prochet or Duvernay. I think the the the, the flexibility. I just don't call that, them locks. We, as far as I'm concerned, I think they're locks, locks. I think they're locks for the. I'm not saying they're locks necessarily for the true. There are locks in the in the wide receiver depth chart because they provide the additional side, which we always talk about special teams. Right, both of these guys in Duvernay and Prochet can play special teams, and we're hearing Tylon Wallace is that way as well, which then maybe pushes Duvernay or Prochet a little bit more into the spotlight. And being that number four wide receiver out there, and I, I just don't, I don't see Miles Boykin making this. And the other guys, I, I in Kane Gray, <laughs> Moore, and Victor, I don't see Garnett with the bird of the day. Prochet will get traded for a Dick Sporting Guards. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh my God! If that happens, hey, let's talk about because we all <laughs> Scott sat up here and said we're trading Mullins for a bag of balls. So let's 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 try to get this same little <laughs> all star push for Prochet. <laughs> a year and a half ago, we were trading Mullins for a bag yeah. of balls. Everybody except for Fred Everybody agreed with Fred. that. All right, don't even start with just. I me. was saying maybe we could just Prochet this. <laughs> Prochet should be traded for one ball. We can't even get a bag. Let's see if we can make him an all star. Is it a deflated ball too? It's a deflated Tom Brady ball. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, you're talking about Nikhil Harry earlier, so why not? <laughs> Oh man. So all right, so I think it's it's kind of it's safe to say that I think what we're what the point of getting into this was we have a lot of depth at a lot of different positions. Yeah. And it's at some point you gotta start looking, do you have the depth to be able to get rid of a piece that you thought was a lock? Right. And that's the part that I didn't address because I think it's that's the part that's harder to say, right? If you're gonna get rid of like if you're looking at the wide receiver core, can you trade a Prochet or a Duvernay? Probably. Are you going to get really anything in return for them? No. You'll be you'll be lucky to get a seventh round pick. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, it'd be definitely be a comp pick. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's you're you're going to be lucky to get some. But that's the benefit too, though, is the Ravens love to load up on picks. Yeah. So maybe that comp pick does turn into something. But I don't know that that comp, that's going to be a high comp pick. It's not. Is it going to be a? Is it going to be an impactful comp pick, or is it worth just cutting bait and not wasting your time? Or is he a guy that makes the roster? There are a lot of questions, but I wanted to bring this up because I think it's something that as we move into camp that we need to keep in mind and think about. And these are names that we need to watch because if if somebody starts to stand out, we could start seeing a shift in what we thought in these positions that maybe they carry a little bit more depth in, in some, or maybe they say, you know what, we can rotate some of these guys at a few different positions. We don't need as much depth. Yeah, I think for me, through after after all this talk, it just goes to show the importance of this year that we finally will have like a real training camp again. That we're finally, well, you know, we're out of the woods on compared to last year. Where we were last year, we didn't have any training camp. These guys yeah. were doing everything virtually <laughs> when they when they were when they were in house with all the COVID protocols and all that. You you, you were super distance and you <laughs> couldn't have been near things. It. It's good to finally have a real training camp. So, so I had an interesting experience today. I was listening to um, part of the interruption, today's version, and <laughs> it ended, and it took me back to the last one I hadn't listened to, apparently. So all of a sudden, I'm back in the middle of COVID land, listening <laughs> to part of the interruption from when the NFL players were not allowed to be practicing together, and Tom Brady's down there practicing with his players anyway, Thumb in his nose, the NFL. We all see how that worked out for him. <laughs> it worked out pretty well to be the only team with a with a preseason camp did just fine for Tom Brady. So yeah, preseason seems to be pretty useful. <laughs> all right, Ryan. Social media shout out time. We need to update that with some of the new people that have been like <laughs> chiming in left and right here. You know how many hours that garbage <laughs> took me? <laughs> hey, you're supposed to be my, able to just make it where my, it's plug and play. That was my very first effort at, at anything. I came across good. It's still on the show, isn't it? All right. It still works out all right. All right. So, what do we got going on social media shout out? All right. We got Chuck Summers with the first. I, I just talked last Whoa. week how he's a gentleman. He always lets his wife comment first. He's giving me some garbage explanation that she accidentally used his account. It's truly. Stephanie's first. So somewhere in the Summers family uh, got first on us. Mr. Joe C., uh, Mr. Chandler, Justin Marshall, Dominic Henson, Sherry Reedy, Dave from Big Play. We saw his comment earlier. Uh, Michael uh, Snyder, uh, that Zach D18. Make sure to troll his ass. Uh, Nick Short. And then Joe C.'s, uh, or Nick Short talks about only being three preseason games this year. I did kind of forget that for a second. They eliminated one yeah. uh, for the longer season. Now, that seems equal at all. 
But um, so there will be a little bit less tape. So maybe I don't. I guess in theory you sh- could be able to sneak more to the the practice squad, or maybe because there is less tape, they're going to want to take an actual look at people off of you know the the uh, cut list there. They see them in person. I'm not sure how that's going to play out. We'll have to see. And yeah. then uh, Joe C says, "How does A Rod have a job? What a cheating fool." Um, I'm pretty not really sure you can count A Rod as a job. I mean, he's got lots of jobs. He's an owners and things like you know. And if we took the owners that cheated on their wives out of stuff, we'd have no owners of anything. I think. Yeah, that's a it's a different lifestyle. Isn't that, I think it's once it's a, a cheater. That's a yeah. Billionaires don't aren't the most faithful people in the world. I don't think. <laughs> once a cheater, always a cheater. Uh, Red, white, and dude chiming in says Proche is as uh, for best real estate agent in Harford County, 2021. All right. That's a good and, one. Uh, what's up, Steven Severs? Appreciate you guys joining us this week. All, All right, bros, bows, and O's time. The meat of the conversation tonight. <laughs> Can bring something I'm to super table. excited. He's salivating because he wrote this. I just, I, 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 I still am super ecstatic with all your Orioles gear on the day. <laughs> I'm, I'm disappointed that I'm orange shoes. I, need, I also did this picture. Oh, uh, which side? Any side. Oh God. I'm all right. Oh. So if you can tell, we got Cedric Mullins flying in like he's Superman, and uh, and this, this is Trey Mancini here. His bat is hovering above his hands. It I don't is. know how they did it. They both have superpowers, <laughs> and I was really excited about this picture, but didn't quite turn out right there with <laughs> big fat faces in front of it. Oh man, <laughs> I got a nice all right. face. <laughs> Not a Fred face, but <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew it was coming. All right, uh, so t- tell us where the Orioles sit here at the All Star break, Joe. Last, we know it ain't pretty. <laughs> Second to last, we know it ain't pretty. They're not as bad as Arizona. No, uh, they do not set yet. sadly at twenty eight and sixty one as we hit the All Star break. We were hoping for sixty one wins. I mean, it was so good. I remember the, the show shortly after the no hitter. We were like, man, only two games under five hundred. I it was like one of my first times yeah. writing stuff for the Orioles. And then it like just oh, it, it we went found down. It. Don't let yeah. Drew write yeah. anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, then it's only going to get worse from here. Then, oh man. Well, I mean, it's it's. How did you feel about the first half? Like, what what, what was your take on the first half? We you didn't have any pitchers ready. A lot of the pitchers. I mean, we we talk about it enough. A lot of the pitchers are just they're not beating down the door. The ones that we love, Grayson Hall. Uh, Bradish Smith, like they're doing really well where they're at, but we knew they weren't going to be starting, you know, on July 1st that all four of those guys were not going to be moved in the rotation, like, you know, the drop of a hat. Okay. I mean, we did know pitching was going to be bad. I don't know if we knew it was going to be this atrocious, especially with, like I said, through, through that, like no hitter. Yeah. Guys weren't really going long, but they weren't doing bad either. Like Harvey was starting. We thought he was starting to kind of, all right, well maybe this could be something we trade later on. And then that, that's, I don't know if you can trade so, him for so you would, my kid. You would say that the starting pitching was like your toughest pill to swallow for the first half. Yeah. It, yes. But I mean, I knew it was going to be bad. Yeah. But I guess they got your hopes up. And yeah. It, that's it did why get my hopes up so with tough. like, uh, like Lopez. I, obviously, I went through a spurt there. Defends him, but like he's been the most promising one, but it's just so up and down. Well, he's gotten no run support, so that's part of it. But he yeah. can't get past the he can't get past the third time around, right? The third time around, they start hitting him. It just it, it just doesn't work out. James, what would you say? You're you're a big Orioles fan. What would you say was your your toughest pill to swallow when it comes to the Orioles in the first half of this season? Nothing. 
Nothing. Because you knew it was going to be bad. Like, <laughs> there had to be something that was worse no. than what you thought it was. No, because I knew like our pitching staff wasn't going to be anything, so I wasn't expecting anything. And our our infields are trash, so I wasn't expecting anything. I'm just waiting for the... The future. Well, uh, I will right. say Camden Yards Pizza is taking a big step back. Yeah. <laughs> this is a big step. So that's really so, disappointing. All right. well, outside of that, I know you don't you you keep up a little bit and you hear us every week. Yeah, I mean it's just <laughs> you don't subtly in this brain. <laughs> you got a four year old. Is there hat. anything that's is there anything that stood <laughs> out? Last time they were decent. It's a brand new four year old hat. <laughs> if anybody wants to donate, actually or that wasn't even the last time they were decent. Hat. That was when the shit was hitting the fucking fan. That's the last time we thought we were gonna be good, so we forgot to trade Manny. Yeah. Anyway. So was there any was there anything that you were like you were surprised went so bad for the Orioles? The food, uh, other than the food. <laughs> I mean, no, they were obviously gonna be pretty bad. That's why I've been pretty negative the whole time. Um, I'm I have been very excited about actually getting to see the minors because last year was torture to just not know hear about on. these people and not get to see them play at all. Not even get to hear about it. Like even though I don't see all the the minor league stuff, we do keep up with it. We have gone to now Bowie and uh, Aberdeen and seen some of the top prospects. Uh, Aberdeen didn't go so well for us, but <laughs> <laughs> but he's done very well since then. I, we we should talk about that. We, uh, we will. We'll get him. Trust we will. Me. That, we will. We fixed him by trash talk. I cannot right wait to show. talk about him today. <laughs> so I, I just want to say real quick the 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 thing that gets me the most is years past. I didn't care anything about the minor league system at all. Okay. I could care less who or what was coming up. Now it's more I enjoy hearing and watching more of the minors than the majors right now because I'm like the majors are on the back burner right now. I have these minor leagues that I'm enjoying. I, I have a better time when I go to Ironbirds. I have yep. a better time when I went to Bowie. Yep. Um, it's better than going to Cam Yards, and you get better food for cheaper price. So right now, <laughs> you can park I, a lot closer. Yeah, you get a twenty-five ounce beer for ten dollars. Like right now, like this is the first time in, in a long time that I stopped, like not watching the Orioles, but like you're not as involved. I'm not involved because yeah. I'm waiting for the future, which is bright. I, so. it, and I, I get that. Look, it, so for me, I, I'm, I'm surprised that none of you guys said this, but for me, the, the toughest pill to swallow has been, no, well, no, <laughs> yes. no, because I knew that that was bad. <laughs> I, I knew Adley Rushman was the best catcher in the, in, in the league. <laughs> anyway, or in, in the organization. Um, the toughest pill to swallow has actually been watching kind of the downfall this year of Anthony Santander. It's been it's been rough to watch. I mean, he's struggled the injury, not coming out of the injury, the struggles even in the field, um, which he historically has never been this bad. Yeah. It, it, it's been rough to watch because this is a guy that we were saying you could do one of two things: you could do something and build, you know, build a little bit around him, or the one that you guys were really on was this is a guy that if he really steps up and has the year like he did last year and like he was having kind of the year before, this is a guy that could be trade bait. And get you some more prospects and get you some more depth for, for a longer, you know, a longer term. But now it's we're getting just, a bag of balls for him. Now you're getting a bag of balls yeah, for him. Yeah, let's finish it out. He's going to be a <laughs> superstar. You're going to get a bag of balls for him right now. Right now. Okay. Right now. Okay. Yeah, this guy's going to be awesome. <laughs> Even though the trade deadline's coming up. Yeah, yeah we'll figure out this hack. Less than 15 days. Uh, but no, so. Look, that, that's my biggest surprise. But there's there's also plenty of positives to come out, right? I think uh, Trey Mancini, hello. Uh, look, you said it yeah. from the get-go. You called it, like you and, and Fred called it the second we found out he was he was making the roster, he was healthy. 
comeback player of the year right there, period. Right there. Uh, he oh, he had an at-bat game. Same with Alex Smith. When Alex Smith touched that field and threw a ball, game. It's it's his award. There's no debate. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's just his story being told. We're going <laughs> to talk about they cut him after the season. There was no <laughs> it's debate. Not, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> there was no debate for the no. award, but, like, don't play for us ever again. <laughs> yeah. You know what's crazy, no. though, that uh, I didn't know was watching when watching that uh, ESPN cover story video oh, yeah. for, like, six minutes. Whatever drug that uh, he takes with his chemotherapy, like he had allergic reactions to, yeah. like halfway through, and he lost like numbness in his fingers and his, and his hands and, uh, and his uh, feet, and literally like he didn't start feeling his feet like naturally until January, and then played in fucking April, that's February. So, he was there in but February. I, but I mean, I'm just saying, with starting the season, like no, in January, yeah. you couldn't feel your feet, and on your opening day roster of a baseball team in in, in April, it's right. ridiculous. That's how he has that superpower hovering the back. That's <laughs> what it is. Absolutely, that's all he's doing. There you go. And and what and how how bad would it be though? You say the trade deadlines in 15 days. We just talked about Alex Smith. Alex Smith I, gets the playback comeback player of the year, and they send him out to pasture. What if you're also sending this one out to pasture with the comeback player of the year? I, my I stance, know. my stance, would come with him. Like at the All Star break, I at this year, I said it. I think was on the chat last week because I wasn't here. But for me, I don't. You already didn't think they were going to just give Mancini away for nothing. And with him not, with him kind of tapering off a little, not tapering well, he could always go back up in the next couple of weeks, and 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 you get a haul for him that you didn't expect. But they're not going to give him away, even more so now. And it is still another year. Granted, you're going to get, you could get him. He won arbitration this year. Yeah, Remi- remember that. We also got to remember, like it, it'll, it, it would suck if he's gone. And we all, everybody in this room would think that. But it isn't just because you didn't trade him at the deadline doesn't mean he can't be traded in December and still get a decent package that you would similarly get with this year. The problem is it happens. I mean, players don't just get traded in, in, in July. The problem is you're not going to be able to trade him in the off season until after arbitration. Uh, yeah. So, because yeah. nobody's going to, not knowing what he's going to get in arbitration, nobody's going to, I don't, I don't see a lot of teams wanting to take that risk until you know what it's, how it's going to affect your team. Big and money your teams your role. But Big money teams <laughs> may, and you may, you very well may, may be right on that. And that's, that's something that we'll have to, you know, see and wait. But, you know, not only is Trey comeback player of the year, he's a lock for that. Everybody agrees. John Means, the no hitter in Seattle. We love it. Exciting I moment. I still love it. Yeah, I mean, even if that kind of like we were saying earlier, even that kind of almost was like something happened and they went off the cliff after that and it should have been the perfect game. We got all that stuff. That was such you a cool moment. You know who ruined moment. that game? Uh, Severino. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't Scott Foster. That's for damn sure. <laughs> uh, but the like, my kids didn't give a damn, but like the last out I had my son sitting on my lap and he, I was cheering and clapping. So therefore they cheered and clapped and then they went and did whatever they wanted to. But that was a cool moment that I got to have this year. So for yeah. me, no matter what, like, I mean, I, I, that's one of my biggest moments, is my biggest moment, because I got to finally see an Oriole, a lone Oriole, have a no-hitter that I've never seen because it hadn't happened since Paul. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was definitely a great great situation to be able to see. And Superstition and me went back and watched it later because I was I was not watching it as it happened, so I was listening to it, so I just stayed listening to it. Yeah, I and just, that was it. <laughs> I just remember turning that on in the seventh inning, and I'm like, I'm not texting the guys. I'm just going to watch this, and we'll <laughs> chat about it afterwards. But I'm not going to not watch it. I'm yeah. watching the rest of this game. It's going to work. And then, you know, you get Mullins, who's having an all-star season. Right, yeah, he Cedric gets, Donahue gets it, gets it in. We're going to talk about hearing him here in a little bit. And then this past month, Ryan Mountcastle, AL Rookie of the Month. Right, if he continues on this bid for the next several, you know, months, months, could we be looking at him as an AL Rookie of the Year candidate? 
Yeah, it's not out of question. I mean, unless he goes back to what he looked the, like in April, the biggest it's not thing out that, of the question. The no. biggest thing that hurts him, and this is what I hate about baseball, the biggest thing that hurts him is people are going to say he's playing on a losing team. Losing team, DH, you'll you'll get the excuses. Uh, right. Yeah. It, it's, and it, that's what sucks. But at the same time, it's just happy. It, it's great to see that. And and it's, it's exactly what you want to see. This is baseball. So, there are plenty of all-stars on losing teams like that's just how it is you can't affect a game enough to win it unless you're a starting pitcher like that's there's just no no way to be good enough to do that there's too many moving parts so that's a garbage argument i've always said that i'm glad you agree because i've i've, I've never <laughs> agreed with that basketball it should, the, the team's yeah, record you don't have the three guys yeah. and then everyone else just say yeah. hey just give us the damn I mean, ball right back in the day that it, now it's three guys but back day it was one yeah. it was just <laughs> a dude and like some guys yeah so <laughs> I, it's look it, it sucks that that's how it happens but that's what's going to wind up being the storyline if unless he goes off and everybody else falls off um, which i kind of hope happens that'd be awesome but you know with the bad start to the season i know obviously i can say without a doubt everybody in this room has zero expectations for the second half of the season yeah am i am i, am I, am I incorrect chasing the uh the diamondbacks we gotta chase them boys. <laughs> okay so <laughs> what expectation would you like to see come to fruition in the if you could choose one ex one thing to happen in the second half of this season for the orioles player or team what would you like to see for me it would be so, it, it we talk about it enough with the minors but to me it would be see the guys that you know that have a chance to come up now uh uh we said it enough jemai jones at, you, at some point is he worse at second base than anybody else because he's hitting he's hitting i mean he's no stevie wilkerson i know that you know but you pull up gutierrez and what has he really done yeah uh, but I, I want to go one step further if I can. I want to see when once it doesn't count, once it doesn't start their clock. September. Fucking everybody. I'm talking 19 year old Gunnar Henderson. Anyone yeah. sit down with them, say, hey, look, we know you're not ready, but we want to get you a look at what this is and like entice you to keep working at your goal. We're not winning anything right now. It doesn't matter. So come up here, have some fun, see what it looks like. And hopefully you're good enough next year to come up. And just give give them a talk. But you can't bring them up and pretend they're supposed to be here because yeah. then you can stunt the hell out of them. But if you tell them what it's about, let it be. Yeah, that and that I mean I, that continues with what I'm saying. Like I want to see like Jemai Jones, Kyle Bradish, Kevin Smith. I want to see those guys getting their shots later in August or September. Some of these other guys that are like like a Brett Cumberland or somebody instead of uh, you know Austin Hayes or any of these other you know I mean uh, Severino, like. Some of these other, like these, not for, I don't want to say fringe guys because I mean, these triple A guys that we were talking about, like they're, they could, they're four A guys, yeah. But so at some point, I with the guys that haven't even sniffed, like Diaz, we can't say it enough, obviously. But at some point, you just have, I want to see those guys where we think maybe they are part of the future, but if they're not, it doesn't hurt to start the clock waiting till September. Yeah, with guys that you that you don't think. I'm saying you're not. I'm not expecting yeah. Hall. I mean, Hall definitely not. We a couple elbow issues now, so like, there's no point in them even rushing him. And, and no, as great as Rodriguez is, his there's no point in rushing him either. So I'm not talking about you know those guys, anybody in the lower, but like those guys that are we would have expected by now, like Diaz or Jones and the two pitchers line. Those are like the four guys I want to see up at some point because at some point, I I don't care that you suck. And you knew you were going to suck. And you were supposed to suck. Matt Harvey should not be on a goddamn baseball club for anybody. 
I don't even, not even, point, not yeah. up, not even up in York. None of these independent games. I, he should be out of like just off somewhere because just be done. Yeah, it, it's just you're He's not had too many struggles. You can't keep throwing a guy out there like that and expect the fringe fans to give a shit. No, but G- if you're throwing the kids or someone they don't know, hey, maybe I, I can watch this guy and he grows into something. I'm watching yeah. for years. James, any anything that you would like to see come to fruition for the O's in the second half? Any player or anything you'd like to see? No. <laughs> no, but, that was great. Nah. <laughs> Jesus nah, Christ! But, nah, it is what it is. I'm I'm just sitting back and just waiting for them to come up and do their thing. And I'm patient. I, I'm not in a rush to do anything. So I, I, I'll sit back and. But watch. nothing you'd like to see come out of the second half, like you know, somebody have a good, you know, John Means turn it around, or you know, a. a nah, because hap- well, majority of our roster should be on a. Minor league, I mean, on a major league team, period. It's just that's what we were dealt with. We said Cedric Mullins and, and Trey Mancini, like, it's nothing impressive that gets me to wow. Like, I'm excited to, for this team because I know they're not going to be there at the end of the day. Okay. So I so can sit back he and He just wants half price Ironbirds tickets. <laughs> no, I'll pay full price. <laughs> I'll pay full price. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Fair enough. All right. So let's jump to what everybody wants to talk about, and that is what happened last night. My God, was that entertaining? Was yeah. that that was entertaining for our group chat to be able to just sit there and all everyone just chiming in back and forth. Every time like, I yeah. looked down, it was like 28, 35. <laughs> <laughs> all these number of text messages I've missed. So I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll just join in with the conversation. Uh, but yeah, Trey, Trey in that home run derby, just it just adds to the all-inspiring nature of everything you've seen him go through for this year. Favorite moment from last night? Literally just like him. Him the the one timeout I can't remember the round if it was a, if the second round they take a t- he takes his timeout he has the mullet and Mullins comes over to do his thing and then you have Manny there and I know we can he, I, well, that was I know he's a hot head. button topic because everyone is That's my boy you, if you're if, if you're a uh, Oriole fan you're either still have mad respect and love for the guy or you're completely or bitter you're just completely bitter <laughs> even though whatever. But dude, it was just cool to see that again. Like even what I all I text, I was like, their names sigh. Yes, it sucks. But dude, how so it was just cool. It still gave me a smile on my face to see that. And that's what I like about like the home run derby anyway. Like the, all the guys just sitting there well, watching these other guys hit and like be was, entertained in the situation. What was crazy was they were saying after the first round, usually a lot of players really start to leave. Yeah. Even despite Otani being kicked out, which everybody was saying that's the guy that's, that that's they're what there we for. want to see, yeah. There were a ton of guys there that were just straight out impressed by Trey. And you talked about Manny, but what what the moment for me that stood out was not only in that second round was Manny over there, but after he hits in the second round, you then turn around and see Fernando Tatis yeah, yeah, Jr. Saw that too, yeah. <laughs> one of the faces of the game right now, right there giving him mad, mad respect in that in that situation and in that sense. And you could tell that Manny had hyped up him hyped him up and hyped Trey up to, yeah. to Fernando and Fernando was getting excited. It was just great to see that. And I think it really, it just furthered everything. It was great to see Mullins out there. One was, was so happy to see that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think overall that was probably my moment, either a moment for either of you guys during last night. I didn't, the moment for me was realizing how short Cedric Mullins was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that, that was is like, not Fred's child. I was like, <laughs> I was like, really that short? <laughs> it's Fred's child with a little person. <laughs> oh but, um, man, Nick Short, hundred percent right, saying the Derby is the uh, the uh, 
I don't know why That's Ken Griffey Jr. is not an, like a sports announcer. Like he can bring so much to the game on and pitcher, like pitcher, like even if you're not watching the game, you can just picture from what he's saying. Like him about saying when Otani pitches tonight, like I'm rocking him, dude. I I'm looking first pitch fastball, fastball. I'm yeah. rocking it in the, in the crowd. Like he he reminds me to your point. I'd love to see more of him because I think he could have insight into the game from an NFL level comparison that we see with Tony Romo. Mm. I think he brings that level to the game of insight. It's it's and I I hate the fact that he's doing all this side stuff. He did it with Fox, but I the one guy I would love to see be a commentator for a game is Pete Rose. Pete Rose insight into the game itself is at another level. If you ever listen to the man talk, ever listen to his interviews about oh, yeah. the game itself, he's on a different level. And Griffey's Griffey is kind of there too. He knows how to play the game. He knows how to do it. Did he kind of struggle with his career at the end in Cincinnati? Yeah, but it's because he went hard. He went all out. That's what hurt his career. Was Tim he Tebow went all out. Was pretty good at that like, too. Like <laughs> it's funny like that's one thing Pete Rose is like one of the things that if you could sit down and have a conversation with Pete Rose is one of them for me. Oh yeah, I, he, he, he could tell you all kinds of stuff like what happened it's it's unbelievable if you can sit down and just hear like past videos of him like it's it's amazing yeah ryan any moment for you last night uh i don't know man the 35 was impressive that was when i joined the conversation like <laughs> I, I was just watching you guys talk for like the first hour and then alonzo drills 35 in that first round and i'm like Okay, guys, that was impressive. Yeah. I, was, I was watching the whole time on TV, but I. But then, I but then he turns around and he's giving. He's enough. trying to give me three to one odds that Trey's yeah, gonna win. Yeah, that over, was a great exchange. Was, yeah, I was trying to get a little money in on there. I really thought that we were gonna get a hallmark moment. I truly thought Alonzo was gonna like. No, I knew Alonzo. I knew Alonzo would win that shit. Trey to did, one run behind him and then just. Did bow you guys? Out. Did you guys see the shot of him after the first round? He's sitting in in the uh, the cage in a chair, and he's literally. It was like he was meta. Meditating. His eyes were closed. He was in he was in another fucking zone. Do like you know my, why? my wife was watching it going, is he on drugs as much as he's bouncing around? I'm like, he's a great player on a shit squad. That's exactly <laughs> this is the only thing he gets to win all year. The, well, the, the Mets have had other up and ups and downs speaking, this year. Speaking but. of winning, whoever decided to let the players sign baseballs, that person should get promoted, dude. That's genius, dude. Like yeah. how, why did it take this long for that to happen? No like, idea. I don't. I don't get it. No idea. But uh, no. So Mancini, we talk about if you live under a rock and don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, Mancini in the first round beats Olson twenty four to twenty three. Uh, great to see that he, you know, he was the first one to go and still wins. Usually the first guy's at a huge disadvantage. Yeah. Uh, then you got to wait around forever. Yeah. But he had some great shots. He looked gassed at the end of that first round. I was worried about the second round. I'm like, he's not. I don't know that he can make it through the second round. He just looks so worn yeah. out. So his legs were kind of get, felt look like they were given out. You know that type of look. I, I, it just. I yeah, was surprised. I was, re I was real happy. Story looked just as worse as him. <laughs> he when it came to yeah, but you you found an interesting stat on on his first round and what he brings versus or yeah, previous so, Orioles. So it was tied for the fourth uh, fourth ever in the first round out of any any players, and that's the most for an Oriole in any round. And I mean, yeah, the, like the derby takes off a little more because like this one, they didn't have to. You can just keep hitting. So they've changed yeah, the well, rules. You just had to wait for it to clear the fence yeah, or, yeah. or show that it was coming down. So, yeah, yeah you used to used to be able to wait for it to literally stop before you get the next pitch. So it took a little longer. So maybe the home runs weren't. But 
when when you got out of the steroid era and you kind of took that dip because you know you yeah. didn't have the steroid users in it. So you've had those dips. Uh, Trumbo had a real good showing a couple of years ago against uh, in San Diego. Yeah. I mean, he made it to the finals against Stan. And seen yeah. talk to Trumbo. But about this. that my point being, I would have thought like, all right, whatever he did in that in that home run derby would have been it. And then you know Trey comes out. No, everything he did was like setting records yeah. for Orioles. First games. swing he gets is an out is is a homer. Yeah. Right. I mean, he gets out there. He he. It, they take it down to the wire between him and Olsen. Then the second round, they take it down to the wire between him and Story. Because he had more, he actually gets to go second. So he saw that there was 11. He he probably could have hit 17, 18 in that round. But he's, he's able to stop yeah, after 12 was, and save some gas. That was the thing I said in our conversation. Because he did it in the regulation. He didn't need the extra time. Yeah. And that was like, all right, well, then he don't have to keep having an extra like 20 he did it was what, 30 seconds left yeah, in regulation. Have to have a, you know like in a whole bunch of extra swings so maybe that helped for the you know the yeah last round. i mean because it, it, in the final round unfortunately again he's going against pete, pete alonzo who i now think holds the record for most in a in an entire yeah, home run derby, run derby yeah. um but alonzo beats him by one he gets it in the overtime almost as ryan had called it even though he bet against him at first uh but he falls to him 23 to 22. But overall, guys, I think we're all in agreement. What a goddamn showing for a guy. And and the comeback story, I, I honestly, there was one thing I was disappointed about with this home run derby. I fully anticipated someone or some group to come out and say, for every home run that Trey Mancini hits, we're going to donate X amount of dollars for colon cancer. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen that, and I, we haven't watched the, the, the. I'm sure people are watching the All Star Game now or flipped out to watch it, but I, I hope that during the stand up for cancer piece that Trey Mancini's on the screen. Well, apparently, two things is um, one they said like Trey Mancini taking a timeout in the first was like the most after a timeout the most uh, home runs hit. After a timeout, yeah. Timeout. Oh yeah, he had what? Terrible before that. He had seven, and he had two minutes left, and he only had seven. He had two when he took the timeout. Yeah, he He went a minute thirty seconds with two timeouts and and then went on a roll. Yeah, the the, I didn't notice the um the player from um, Texas. He had cancer too. Gallo. Yeah. Yeah, him and the 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 guy. I didn't hear that. It yeah. was. It wasn't Gallo. It was his pitcher. Yeah, I thought it was his his pitching coach. Yeah, but I thought they went. They had. They both went together to do chemo. no Gal- Gallo. So Escorted Gallo him, went. Gallo went with his his the guy that pitched yeah. to him. He went with him to just be there as support during chemotherapy oh, okay. because he's a coach for the team. So they the Texas Rangers actually sent Gallo to go there and just be there with him, hang out, talk baseball, talk whatever, make sure he was okay. okay. So, but yeah, crazy. I mean, two guys in in this that are involved in this that have that that background, you know, and, and it just. I felt like there was, and maybe and if they chose not to do it because they felt it was in bad taste, then I give them credit. But I feel like you could have really made a big, a big stand here against cancer, right? You, it's every year stand up to cancer. Well, we yeah, see it every yeah. year. I so I hope in the All Star Game they're doing something for it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I know not specific to the main scene, but they do do that halfway through the game with the stand up for cancer. Yeah, uh, exciting news came out the other day. Yeah. Sorry. Mullins, I thought Mullins was going to get up, and then there was an inning, inning oh. ending double play. So we'll have to wait a little bit longer for Mullins. Well, speaking of Mullins, <laughs> Sorry. he's the starting – he was named the AL starting outfielder. Great to see. And there was actually a lot of guys that that you heard talk that felt he actually should have been the starter from the get-go. Yeah, he should have. I mean, at some point, it, when you, 
you knew Trout wasn't coming back because it was a. It's been a few weeks that you Trout knew. Trout also hasn't been that but, great but, this but, year. But here, my point being, if it, you knew a few weeks ago that Trout wasn't coming back until after the All Star break, take him off the voting ballot, right? Or at some point, like let's stop having like I'm allowed to make fifty votes per person, and you wouldn't have a guy uh, like Teoscar Hernandez getting eight. I'm not. I'm exaggerating. Getting eight million votes because. Toronto happens to be a little popular at the moment because half their roster can just hit home runs. Like, you, you took away that, then you wouldn't have these inflated numbers, and maybe you wouldn't have a guy earning a spot that he shouldn't I, earn. I think you you five or six guys that, that the fans can vote on, everything else should be players, coaches, and owners. Yeah. And GMs and all that, you know, organizations, right? Let them make it. They all get one vote. That's how need, there's a fan. There should be a fan vote because it is for the fans. But the players know who the guys that are putting in the work and they're going to recognize who your top guys are. That'll yeah. crush their gonna, ad revenue. I, I don't I don't know. I, maybe maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. I, I don't know. But overall, I think it was it's very interesting. And just overall with there's a side note for MLB before we get to the, uh, the draft, because we're going to go over really quickly the draft and what happened with that. I saw this from MLB communications today, and it, it really piqued my attention. So this is a comparison for full season average last year, 2020 full season average. This is for for TV. All comparisons are average viewership for 2021 games through the first half of the season compared to that full average for 2020. National television in 2021, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball is up 26% on average viewership. Fox Saturday Baseball up 32%. TBS Baseball up 49%. You must be paying somebody. FS1 up 78%. People MLB Network. While they were sitting at home. <laughs> MLB Network up 34%. And so all of those are there. But MLBT.TV is the same way. MLB, MLB.TV in 2021, the most watched first half in its history. MLB.TV has been around for, I want to say, about eight or 10 years now. Most yeah, watch in history. Yeah. Six plus six billion plus total minutes watched. That's 67% more than last year in almost the same amount of time. And that, that was at the end of the season because it was shortened season. So it's like, okay, everything is a playoff game, basically, right? Everything is getting to the playoffs. Top 10 most, most watched days ever this year. Top four most watched games ever have happened this year. People are getting back into baseball. And I think it's because of guys like Otani, Tatis, before everything happened, Trevor Bauer, yeah. Mookie Betts. The younger guys are shining a lot quicker. Than the younger generation to. is coming out because, and I thought it was great with the interview that they they were talking about with Tatis, where he said, they said, you know, do you think it's that, that people are getting more because the players are allowed to do a little bit more flash, right? There's not this, they're, they're taking the unwritten rules and throwing them out the window. And they the players do feel that that's part of what's happening. They're able to just be themselves, right? Celebrate a home run. Celebrate a strikeout to end the inning. You got out of an inning. Okay, great. I get the thought process of, yeah, there's 162 games. You did it once. Okay. Chill. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's one of those things that, like, it, that's been the problem with baseball. It doesn't get out of its own way. 
and you still have the old guard of the unwritten rules. And it got, well, you got, sorry, you, got you don't have like guys. Larusa. You're not even allowed to go out there and cleat anybody anymore. So like what? Right. Like those that like those. There are legit rules in play to mean? stop some of those things. But you got so, you got coaches like Larusa going after his own player. Yeah, that's shit. It's like, like old that, school versus new school. Shit's gotta yeah. go. It, we've we said it enough. All right. Well, I, I'm glad I'm glad you agree on yeah. that. Uh, so you were kind of really paying attention to the draft. A little, um, too, a little too much. A little, you were really into I the draft. I wasn't at work or anything. I swear. So, so I had to go He's back. really into 15-year-old boys. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Is that like the Ravens player at the beginning of the show? Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, anyway, I, I kind of had to go back and look. And I looked at the overall thing, and you can kind of di- dive into this. But what was your, what are your immediate feelings with the O's going and using four of their top five picks to add outfield depth? My immediate feeling was, uh, with being on Twitter a lot that day, <laughs> fans, angry, and just negativity <laughs> that uh, fans, fans quotes don't really know what they're watching and what they're talking about it, it would seem like oh they drafted this kid why they do it like it was you're gonna get some instant gratification like it's uh at the nfl draft like everything like has to be humbled by the nfl news check that's not like the nba it's not like the nfl you don't get it right away it's a little more like hockey yeah you're drafting a lot of guys that may never you never see yeah but then you know okay uh, you draft a guy like a rocker at fifth. So let's say they, that happens. Say he flames out and he, he ain't shit. They might draft a guy in the eleventh round that matters. Right. And I, that guy's and that guy's an all star later on. I just want to say something real quick. People may complain about the Orioles, but I don't know if you guys heard. The Angels had twenty picks. They picked twenty pitchers. I didn't hear any. I didn't. I, I didn't branch out a lot for. Well, they also have one of the top like fielding and hitting team uh, minor leagues in the game. Twenty pitchers. Yeah, that sounds like but a great. Yeah, way but to win. not all right, making so, it. So, so hold on, hold on a second though. Think think that through, right? If you take, I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull a Ryan here, right? If I do that in fantasy, maybe and you I get st- one good pitcher. Out. I stock up. Maybe I get one one good one. But the other thing is, is maybe you're holding something that someone else really values and is willing to give you a little bit more to get it, and you wind up getting more in the long run. It's actually not far off from what DaCosta does. I don't think you need 20 pitchers. I don't I, I don't <laughs> think they're going to keep all 20 pitchers. I guarantee you. Who's you the have- most valuable person on a baseball team? <laughs> A starting pitcher. If I got fucking all of them. I thought he was going to go with the catcher. You got to come to me. I got all the quarterbacks you got to trade. <laughs> That's the philosophy. No, well. I mean, add, do you, but get, like, you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. It's a little too extreme to take 20 pitches <laughs> and, and add it to that. But I get what you're saying because that's how I feel with the the Orioles. I'm about to say the Ravens. The Orioles draft this year. Because, okay, yes. You can look at it and go, all right, you had like four of the first five picks were outfielders. And that's where I go with the short-minded fans that sit there and go, why do you need all these outfielders? You got Mullins, and you got Hayes, and you got this guy, and they, they start rattling off a guy like Stewart who hasn't yeah. done shit yet, really. You, you rattle off guys. If you say DJ Stewart, you can go the fuck out of here. I'm, like. But I'm saying it, that's the kind of shit that was out there. All right. But anyway, so that's my – I bring it back. So my a lot of my thought process with that, too, was maybe with the way they drafted in the first two days – a lot of those guys could be trade bait down the line. They could be the Usnell Diaz's, Kyle Bradish's, and those, and those like that you got from other teams. Yeah, that you that the, that we send to someone else because you need a piece 
that could get you over the hump in 2024 and and, and help you win a title. Because that's what happens. I mean, look, yeah, a, a Fernando Tatis was with the White Sox. But you can also have this be cyclical. You know, you're talking about the Angels doing that. What if next year the Angels don't take a picture, pitcher at all? What if they're loading up because they feel that this is the best draft for pitchers? This draft was literally a, there were so draft many had pitchers. I understand that, but this draft was the biggest question mark draft in years. Not only because a lot of these guys didn't play early last year, but a lot of these guys had shortened seasons this year. You don't know what's coming, and there were so nobody knew who the first draft pick was going to be. Nobody. And we didn't even. Usually the first two to three guys, you have a pretty damn good idea, except for last year when the Orioles surprised everybody. But (laughs) the whole point is you you never know. It's it's a giant question mark, but this one was bigger than ever. So what they're looking at is they're saying, ah, we think there's some guys that are coming up through the ranks that aren't in the draft this year that we could probably get next year. Not to mention some of these guys, this is one of the other things that doesn't happen in most other sports. This is why we do didn't you, have a draft day special for baseball. Do you know how many guys matter. do you know how many guys get drafted and still wind up going and playing college again or going yep. to college? Turn down it, the draft pick. A exactly. Lot I actually went so I went to school. Uh, you may remember him, Kevin Hicks. Right. He was drafted at one point. I also know that uh, one of the guys I played with down in Overly in Baltimore County, he wound up getting drafted twice, once by the Yankees and once by the uh, the Cardinals. He, this kid, his name's Kevin Jacobs. Go look him up. He can top out at 103. Kid's got a freaking arm. He's had an arm. He was throwing in the 80s at 12. There are guys that do this. But that just because they're drafted doesn't mean they're going to keep them. So what so year those did he twenty pitchers World Series ring? What he year? didn't. He didn't get he World didn't. Series. He wound, up blow, uh, he wound up blowing out his arm. That makes sense. Okay. Did good. you uh, get to catch <laughs> for him? I did. Oh. I did. Oh, look at him. Good yeah. figure. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, see, is and he, he also he also was uh, was caught by because he went to he went to Georgia Tech. He was caught by Matt Wieters. Oh, right, oh gonna, seven degrees of Matt Weir. I didn't know we were going to have trivia you know tonight. Carrie's interested. <laughs> going to remember who Kevin Hicks is now all of a sudden. <laughs> no, that's not, um, that's not the guy. Kevin Jacobs is the guy yeah, you want to remember. Same. Same Z's. <laughs> Kevin Hicks was it was good too though. Um, so the uh, with the their with their first pick, the fifth overall, they selected outfielder Colton Kowser from San Houston State. A lot of I'll, I'll get to why a lot of people were up in arms, but he, in fifty five games this year. He had a slash line of 374, 490, 680 with 10 doubles, two triples, 16 homers, and 52 can, RBIs. Can I pause you for a quick second? I'll try. Um, we have a, a note here for a viewer, a specific viewer. Get off of social media. You are being held accountable. You know who you are. Get off of social media. I'm done with my disclaimer. Okay. I was thinking that earlier. but I didn't. Oh, it happened. <laughs> I know for a fact it happened. I just got the alert. That's how I know. <laughs> but uh, I know what just happened. <laughs> huh? I'll explain it. Go to Drew. It's a Ted Mullins out there. Um, <laughs> there is a Ted Mullins, a Ted out, Mullins there. out there, this dude. Uh, ridiculous. So um, a lot of when it happened, a lot of people, the buzzword became underslot, and everyone automatically assumed. Uh, penny pinching Orioles. No, they're still spending the money somewhere. And before you could even like, it was one pick. One pick was made out of 19 more to make. You already made your mind up that they were just penny pinching and the underslot was the word of the day and, and who you're going to pay. You really don't know 
anyway, when these guys get signed, the contract, they actually sign nine times out of ten. Yeah. And by the way, a guy like Adley, he took less money, and it helped us get Gunnar Henderson. Yeah. Yeah, that it, shit happens all the time. They they started a philosophy of that, and they're not the only ones because it happened behind them. That's why Rocker fell to ten. That's why yeah. a guy, uh, oh, the fuck, Khalil Watson dropped all the way to Miami in the middle of the round. Yeah, because you don't know if a guy is going to sign for if at five, at ours. It was like six some six and a half million. Right. You don't know if if you grab Rocker that he signs for six. Well, maybe not him because he's doing it. But like Khalil Watson, if you pick Khalil Watson, he might go. No, I don't want. I want seven and ninety. And you're well, like, no, I'm not going to take it. And then he goes to college, and then you got nothing. You get compensation later on, but that's right. But those compensation kicks usually don't wind up working out a whole lot. But that's the other thing is these guys go back, and then another team gets him because he has another better year, and, and he winds up getting more money for letting it happen. You know? What yeah, I mean? exactly. So it, it it definitely sucks. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things that I hate that people do that. Well, the you know, odds of him going to the Orioles are pretty good. <laughs> Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, you'd be surprised with, with how many of these guys don't wind up signing and go back to college. Even guys in guys that get drafted in the first round, there's guys that get drafted in the first round and go, mm, nope, I think I should be higher. Yeah, they, and, and they wind up they wind up staying another year in college, trying to get higher, and one or two things it happens. They either fall off the freaking table and wind up in the 92nd round, or they wind up coming back and coming up and wind up being a top guy. Speaking of that. Adley uh, Rutschman, Adley- by the way, could have come into the draft early but didn't. After this draft that just happened, it could some you might see more people go back because now you can get contracts and deals. Exactly, you can make money in college. I'll make money to get by in college and let me get higher up in the draft. So especially if you don't want that lower end money, right? You can go back to college and make that same. And there was there was like that extra year of eligibility too added to players because of COVID. Especially if you're playing for Oklahoma, (laughs) because yeah. Yeah. Uh, So overall, I think you know the we had what five outfielders selected, three infielders, two catchers, one pitcher. That was the first. uh, That was the first like uh, the first ten rounds overall. They uh, they had took nine pitchers and twelve. Today was like like what the Pitcher Angels heavy. did, but just not twenty of them. <laughs> yeah, they went. Yeah, so it ends up being with nine pitchers and twelve position players at the end of the day. Uh, my last note on this is is, is being, being a diehard baseball fan. I don't know shit about these guys coming in. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, no one really does. Yeah, unless me either. You, Ryan <laughs> probably knows more than anybody in this room tonight. But my, my point my point being is. Don't look at the rankings. Don't look at really what you hear about these guys. Because, look, we love Mancini. It's three years before any of them's getting to the yeah, majors anyway. even not. Who knows? Cowser could be up here next year. Same type of thing. You think a guy could be up here next year. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's not out of the realm because the guy, Andrew Vaughn for Chicago, just got drafted last year. And he beat the shit out of the Orioles over the weekend. Just saying. <laughs> it's true. I don't it's care Orioles. that it was the Orioles. Shut up. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it was Matt Harvey on Saturday. Drew was there before. I was was there on Saturday. It was Matt Harvey. I was trying to, to, Fred's usually quick with that. Uh, (laughs) trying to be like him. So, so look, my point being like Mancini was in the eighth round. Mullins was in the 11th round. Means was in the 11th round. Markakis was uh, seventh overall. That's a first round, obviously. But what if this guy is like Markakis? I mean, Markakis had a great career. He I mean, you're not far off. He's seventh, seventh yeah, overall he versus fifth you know, overall. Markakis yeah. wasn't huge, but like he was a Markakis great player is, for us. Markakis is one of the most consistent hitters in base, in Orioles baseball history and in, in almost in baseball history, period. Yeah. Right? He has one of the most consistent numbers across the board. I, people are, are saying, ah, yeah, he's not a Hall of Famer. Like, Hall of Famers put up big numbers all over the place, but sometimes some Hall of Famers... If you're the most consistent in baseball, 
I mean, at that's some point, impressive. if you're not putting in the, the steroid guys, then you're going to have years where, like, four or five years in a row where no one gets in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that, my point just being, like, just because a guy's drafted in the top ten doesn't mean he's going to amount to nothing. And, I mean, guys, I mean, Mike Piazza was drafted in the 60th round, yeah. and it was a favor. Yeah. <laughs> he was a favor for his dad. I don't remember the whole story, but it wasn't like, oh, he was a hot commodity, and that guy's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got you got – Al Leiter's son who got drafted this year, right? Yeah. He could wind up really struggling when it comes to the majors, yeah. right? And he's got a lot to live up to. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, real, real, real quick, down on the farm. Uh, just give us a quick rundown, Drew, of what's happening down on the farm. I'll basically just give the standings as they are right now. Uh, Norfolk is at 24 and 32. Uh, a standout there, uh, other than the guys we usually talk about, Alex Wells. Uh, his last outing, he went six uh, innings, giving up no runs, and he's had a perfect July. The Bay Sox, where it's all at, they're 33 and 25. Adley had uh, had a decent show in the Futures game. He had a walk. He went 0 for 1, but like he caught for three innings. That see the picture. Cool. You see the picture with him and, and Griffey. Griffey. Yeah, I like uh, Griffey him. at the Futures yeah. game. That was pretty cool. That's perfect. Uh, DL Hall set to resume throwing next month or next week. Uh, he had a little bit of elbow issue. Taron Vavra was a hot guy. He is set to return from the IL in August. And unfortunately, Joey Ortiz, who got called up right before we went, yeah. uh, he tore his labrum, so he his season's done. Uh, so that sucks. Some, some injuries there. To, it happens. A, for a big team. Um, Aberdeen is sitting at 33 and 26. Gunner. You're welcome, My Gunner. boy. Yeah. <laughs> we, like, it seemed like as soon as the show ended, we were like, hey, guys. I was like, hey, guys, he just hit a home run. Hey guys, he just went three for four tonight, and then like the, <laughs> ne- the next handful of games were really good. So he broke out last week, yeah, going eight for twenty five with nineteen total bases. Uh, so watch out because that he could show up and just next thing you know. So it's cool to see that between him and Jordan Westberg, they've split games at short and third. Yeah, must, so uh, trying to show their versatility. Versatility. There. He must have moved out of that frat house that was housing him for the <laughs> <Yeah>. player. <laughs> and then uh, Del Marva sits at thirty seven and twenty one. And the uh, I don't think they call it Golf Coast League anymore, It'd be Florida League or whatever. But uh, that's underway, and a, a big name there, Kobe Mayer, the number seventeen prospect. He's the one to watch there, and he's playing pretty well. Yeah, he's been looking good. All right, it is time for this week's Liquor Stop Brew of the Week. Uh, this one comes from Hysteria Brewing Company right down in Columbia. Um, this one's okay. It's it's definitely, I will say this, it is a it is a acquired taste. Um, it is a marshmallow IPA. So those two things don't normally sound like they go together. The mar- Usually, like, marshmallow is, like, part of a sour or something. Yeah, the marshmallow, it, it's... Like you get a little bit of sweetness, but there there's a, almost like a spice to it. I think James kind of described it. It kind of kind of has a little bit of a burn to it. Um, it, it's it's different. It's not, it's not a hoppy. Burn. It's not like overly hoppy spice kind of thing. It's 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 very different. It's an acquired taste. I'm sure there's a few people out there that wouldn't also, mind this. Lucky Charm should sue the hell out of them with these. Yeah, it does look like it, it does look like Lucky Charms on on the uh, oh, thing. Those, so. those are exactly Lucky <laughs> Charm pieces. Yeah. That's, That's gotta be. I didn't see that. I saw marshmallows and I didn't I didn't look at them hard enough hey, yeah, I want half that lawsuit boys yeah right uh 6.3 abv here uh it's called lucky you want marshmallow india pale ale again very acquired taste but uh you know it's it's something that you can get you could definitely taste the marshmallow uh but the, it's a different kind of spice to it afterwards yeah, so yeah, it was okay make sure you head to liquor stop 1510 conowingo road in bel-air tell them birdland bs sent you get your 10 off all right 
There is no shell and tell this week. Let's go to the camel want Ryan He found cries. a way, though. He found a way to bring <laughs> he, up he something. Did. He did. 30, 30 he, seconds of Terps in the two-minute warning. He, he did. What's in the rundown? <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's go ahead, and we're going to jump into the rundown here. And, Ryan, since there's no Terp segment, let's go ahead and start with you over there. What do we got going on? It looks like Terps news to me. <laughs> well, who knows, because I can't find my paper here. Um yeah, we got a couple people <laughs> drafted that useless baseball draft I was telling you about. All right, so after 142 punch-outs and 18 appearances for Maryland baseball, that's nearly eight a game, the Chicago White Sox drafted Sean Burke. Uh, he was the 23rd pick of the third round. Um, it's not bad, 23rd yeah. round. That's pretty good. So uh, it, it's, uh, this the potential. Uh, they say he has potential to throw 100 miles an hour plus. His breaking ball is good. He's six foot six, 230, so he's built for it. Um, they helped cat- catapult him up the draft. Uh, ends his college career with 97 innings pitched, a 2.97 ERA. I hear that's pretty good. And a record of 8-3. and three. Uh, We already talked about 142 strikeouts. He had 53 walks to go with it. So they did say that he needs to get his control un- uh, under to really show up at, at the pros. Um, that's this- not a bad strikeout-to-walk ratio, right? That's 3-1, to one, though. That's, yeah, that's, that's not terrible. That's not terrible. Uh, Burke is the Terps' highest draft pick uh, since the Tampa Bay second baseman Brandon Lowe was drafted 87th overall uh, in 2015. Also becomes the fifth player drafted under Rob Vaughn, the new coach there. Uh, number six would be soon later come uh, as we had Benny Bombs, our uh, shortstop, uh, is now a Bronx Bomber. So that worked out pretty well for his nickname. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Benjamin Coles uh, was the 303rd pick. Uh, it was the 10th round. Uh, Maryland shortstop had 48 games last season with 18 homers, which was the most in the Big Ten. Um, so, yeah, he gets his nickname well. All right, over to over to James. What do you got, James? Well, mine is uh, from last week, if we all caught the show, that I was sporting my uh, Italy jersey. <laughs> he was. Proud wait, they, wait, wait. Uh, you weren't just sporting your Italy jersey. You had the, the like, shorts shorty to shorts to go with when it. When he says jersey, he means the full he means outfit. The, uh, well, no, no. The, those players wear the shorts lower than what he was wearing his shorts. Nah, Not my, in the 90s when he bought that. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was a, a good win uh, this this uh, Sunday. Uh, they tied uh, England and went the P, uh, penalty kicks, which I'm not a fan of. Uh, when you're playing this caliber game, there were two great teams, but Italy wasn't. I, we, I didn't think that they were going to be there in the beginning of the the Euro started. Like I thought, like they they wouldn't be even like significant to be what they did. I picked England. I have family from England that uh, that were cheering this on. It was kind of hard for wh- who they wanted to cheer for, but uh, Italy took on the better player. They played Belgium. They played Wales. They played uh, Spain. And all, you know, beat them all. It was like their best Euro Cup ever, you know. So they uh, ended up winning in PKs, and uh, the goalie got player of the game. It was a great match. If anybody doesn't watch soccer, it was, you know, this whole Euro Cup was great to watch. Sad, sad there that the, the bigger storyline is the fact that, like, the, the England fans were just – Horrendous with the racial comments and stuff like that. After anonymity on social media, it, you get it, away it, with it. Things. It is, but I, I bring that up because I felt like it really undershadowed the win what? by Italy in one of the biggest tournaments See, in the world. Yeah, and but any all Europe's are like or overshadowed, that. not undershadowed. Like it's something that they they don't grasp like how we do over here. Um, 
So it, it's ugly to see, but you, you you tell like they put all their effort into it. Like when England was receiving their silver medals, they just like put them on and just took them off because they wanted gold and they thought they had gold. But Italy had the the toughest matchup. Like every team they played could have been in the championship game. Like uh, they played Belgium, which was a high seat. Spain's always up there. Wales, um, Switzerland years past so they did it all they they deserved it but i just hate how it ended in pk uh kick so it is what it okay is. all right uh i will go next and we'll save yours for the last drew because i think Ooh. yours is probably the most entertaining the most that everybody has anything anything to probably, say about yeah that's uh, the discussion piece team usa for the basketball team uh they got shocked in a pre-olympics exhibition game in vegas on saturday fell 90 to 7 to nigeria uh, previous two meetings were USA blowouts, 83 to 43. Uh, USA was ranked number one and is the first team. This is the first team from an African nation to beat the U.S. Yeah. Um, the U.S. has really struggled, but Nigeria, Nigeria's precious Ashwa. Did you see the block he had on Kevin Durant? Not really. <sighs> Sorry. It was nice. <laughs> It was nice. I, I I went back and watched it. Like Kevin Durant goes to the ground. Somebody called a per a picture it's at right the right time. Drew, if you want to look at it, it's, oh, okay. it's, yeah, it's yeah, right behind your head. Awesome. Yeah, uh, but no. So all it, I had to do was look up. <laughs> exactly. It was it was great to see you know other guys. As much as you root for USA, it's it's great to see some of these guys who maybe aren't as big names go against some of these guys because I think we we under we look at the European League and you think they're underrated and then you look at some of the guys that make the jump and are almost better yeah. than some of the guys that are already in the NBA and I think this is where you're starting to kind of see that and Greg Popovich after a second loss right to, they lose to Australia again pre pre-game uh, pre-exhibition pre-olympics they they asked him about you know what do you what do you think the fact that you know previously when your predecessors have faced this team, these teams with with their rosters, that they've blown these teams out by forty plus. I mean, the last two again, last two meetings between Nigeria and uh, the U.S. U.S. won by eighty three points the one game <laughs> and forty three the other. Only forty three. Only forty three. But Popovich said, "Oh, you you must have your facts wrong. They they weren't they weren't blowouts." <laughs> Pop, you sound like an idiot, dude. I, I love you. I love you, Pop, but you sound like an idiot. They won today by twenty-eight. Yeah, <laughs> motivated that team. Who they play? Venezuela. Venezuela. Okay. Oh, oh. Or Argentina. I think Argentina. That's bigger Argentina. competition. All right. Well, either way, we'll see they're, not, they... they're not going to win gold. They got too many big heads. They're not going to win. I, yeah. I made a bet at work that um, some guy told me that U.S. was going to win it all. He told me I could have the whole field, so we put a hundred dollars on it. And then another guy wanted to put another hundred dollars. I'm all for it. You got oh, two big I take heads. that bet. I take that bet they all day. I take the bet. I take the bet. I take the bet. I would take the bet. <laughs> three to one odds. <laughs> I know it's coming. Three, three to one odds. odds that they don't. That they don't. They're even, not even gonna make a medal. Right? They don't even medal. Yeah. I don't think they even medal. There's in There's too in much this competition. The NBA has uh, the European players have gotten better over the years. This ain't the 1992 uh, dream team. You got too many no. big heads on the team that wants me, 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 the ball, and they're too small. So yeah. I'm just sad that Mellow Trimble is now on the Australian team. I just had to check the roster here because he's like the best player <laughs> in playing in the Australian league. I was wondering if maybe he was like a little turncoat and playing for Australia now. But nope, no Mellow no, Trimble on that team. Be Australian there, right? <laughs> Patsy Mills. Why? We let all kinds of people play. <laughs> Patsy Mills is on Australia. <laughs> 
<laughs> all right. All right, Drew, what do you got for us? You got the, the topic. Yeah, that's the, the hot topic, topic du jour for the rundown. Uh, so on Saturday night, uh, we had UFC 264, highlighted, of course, by <laughs> Poirier and McGregor. Uh, Dustin Poirier. Uh, or Could you really say it was headline? <laughs> I mean, that, well, no, but that was a... It was a big. I mean, it drew the hat. Like it, it was drew, a big draw. Yes. I mean, it was a draw. He's always a draw. He's always a draw. We're gonna keep talking about him some more. But uh, Poirier earned the first round TK over Connor because you say he it like broke that? his leg. <laughs> I was say, why did you say earned That's like, like that? The fourth guy in a fight that break his leg in the UFC this year. Something taints with the new fans being in the stadiums again. Like ask just, LeBron. It's because of the like, short break. It. That's what it is. <laughs> Um, so, uh, McGregor actually broke his leg on the kick, uh, shortly earlier in the round. And so, so much so that like Poirier pointed down, like you just broke your leg. All right, let's, let's finish this round. Cause I'm going to be your mom about to take the <laughs> yeah, shit out of you. you. But it, it mean, major props to Poirier anyway, because yeah, you can win on the, you know, the technicality, but he was like, he was earning that round when they went back to the cards. It was 10, nine, 10, eight and 10, eight. In favor, in favor, so, yeah. Right then and there, unless I mean, yeah, anything can happen. You can get knocked out, but if if he kept what he was doing, it was going to be the same result from their second fight. In my mind, yeah. it, it, and because in my mind, McGregor's starting to run its course. We were talking <laughs> about it before the show. How I mean, you keep yes, uh, his antics can be loved by a lot, and it, 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 there's a draw, but that also means there's a draw because someone wants to see someone. Fucking literally just kicked the shit out of him at this point because you're tired of the fucking antics. I mean, the leprechaun. He he, he it's went moved from being a good fighter to just a to just to a just, showman. It's That's just it. a distraction to yeah. me. It's just pathetic. It's pathetic and it's borderline borderline psychotic. Sometimes you got him throwing uh, hand dollies at at the at the tour bus. He goes all this through this whole thing with uh, Khabib, back and forth with, with Khabib, yeah. so much hate between them. But meanwhile, you you were. You were so off in the distance doing this Mayweather thing that by the time you fought this guy, it didn't matter. He was he was so much better than you. You had to talk and be even more hateful to make any kind of sense of what you're doing, and you made you made you look like a fool. Yeah. And then it was like okay, but then you kind of like maybe he got his comeuppance. He had um, a fight against Cowboy Cerrone, and the second fight with Poirier, you didn't really hear any antics. He was kind of like subdued, and you were like. And then all of a sudden, like this week going, it's like back to seeing Connor. He's like kicking him in the in the thing. Um, oh yeah, when they did the face off. When they did the face off, he's sitting there saying, "I'm, you know, I'm going to break his leg and he make him go to the hospital." How fucking you. ironic that was. And he and and to me, leaving wives out of it because bullshit. You like, talk what you want about a guy that you're about to fight. Obviously, you need to talk yourself up and and try to scare tags and all the type of shit. But everything he does. It's just worn its welcome, and it gets to me. It's just borderline psychotic well, that you're I mean, fucking with seen... another guy's family and saying he's his wife's getting in your DMs and shit. But meanwhile, it... like, how faithful are you to your wife? If, if the guy brought up that shit, like, you'd want you'd want to throw fucking hand dollies well, at I him. Think, for crying I think out that's loud. that's the other thing too. Is like this is a this is a pattern in the throwing stuff. Do you guys remember when he faced Nate Diaz and he threw the water bottle? Yeah, like they, he they were throwing in, the water bottle, throwing the water bottles before. through the you know in the auditorium. Like it's just, it's it's a it's a pattern with him. It has run that its course. That was the only time that I liked his antics because they were like both doing it back and forth. The last four and fights. Nate Diaz was such a shithead anyway, but it was just it's yeah. yeah. The last four fights, he's one in four, and technically he's actually the last five because he lost to Mayweather. He's one in five, so I'm yeah. done with him. Yeah, I think he's Ryan. You got it. He's, he's just a. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was surprised. I I call. I was trying to call this as my uh, rundown topic, but apparently Drew was. I got the, on that shit right away. I, to it. Um, I am very shocked that Drew is the one that said this because to me, this is just a thing. So, fight sports have been around forever. The blood sports have been around forever. 
they were nothing. And Dana White, in a genius mood, made, made them professional. He brought them to the forefront. He cleaned up the reputation. He showed it as a product. Ult- you got, you not got, to cut you off, Ultimate Fighter reality yes, show ult- was like, hey, all reality shows are great. Here's a reality show yeah. for fighting. You there you go. You brought it to the mainstream. Yeah. You cleaned it up. You had people more professional. Like, it, it amazes me. Like, I don't know how these fighters beat the living shit out of one another and then immediately stop and hug and give high. It's, it's, it's impressive to me. What's not impressive is this bullshit. This is some WCW, WWF garbage fucking storylines for storylines he might as well be jake paul at this point he's just fucking making making well, so, stuff and this, up this is where relevant this is where i think to, to your point dana white is towing a line here that i don't like because when you look at dana dana white if you listen to dana white post fights and stuff he actually when he thinks when he thinks the card is wrong and they the the, the referees got the card the got the, the judges got the card wrong and they scored it wrong and he shouldn't have scored he shouldn't have won that round he should have won this round like he's spot on with what he's saying but then he looks like a goddamn idiot when he can't keep his biggest you know prize drawer in in line and he's had so many problems after problems after problems and you've got ufc fighters that that he's also representing saying get this guy out of our sport if you have other like Think about, you know, from an MLB or NFL standpoint, if you had players, a bunch of players, not just one or two, but several players saying, get this guy out of here. He's hurting us. You think he's helping us because it's comedy and it's helping you get the draw. Great. It's helping more money, but he's actually hurting the sport in the long run. That's where I can't take Dana White as seriously because he's not ser- as serious about this as he is about when they get the and card I know wrong. multiple times Dana White has said, Conor McGregor is probably done in the UC. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, they, 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 they heard that fucking they literally five they, or six times. I mean, like, two years ago, that was it was in an impasse because he refused to come back. Uh, this is before he fought. Well, that, well, yeah, this is before uh, or after Khabib. I, I, maybe I got my timelines mixed up, but like he I refused to come he back. Threw the stuff at the bus, with the, but like the he refused to come back. Yeah. He was refusing to come back. Like, You're not paying me enough, but like. Dude, you just went out and like earned like twenty million dollars in a fight against Mayweather, and we have a contract. Like, it's so funny how, like you just said that you'll put up with all the bullshit from one guy, but then like you have so many. I mean, I don't think anyone. But I don't think anyone really knows. Like UFC fighters, for the most part, like they don't get paid like a lot, like at all. Like it's sponsorships. Like unless your sponsors get you, that's it. I mean, if you earn, if you if you're earning, and 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 that is, but even the top earners, it, it can be greed. Like McGregor or like Jones, like they find a way that like they're still not getting paid enough. I mean, granted, it could be greed too. I'm not trying to give them too much credit, but it's just like the dude. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Dana. You sold you sold the the product well enough for a, a pretty long time, but you're 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 losing the the, the strings a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like now and, you're becoming kind of you're, you're becoming, becoming the boxing. puppet. You're yes. becoming the puppet. You're not the, you're becoming boxing this. because Conor yeah. McGregor is starting to become Floyd Mayweather. That's exactly every where I, was I mean, Conor, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, that I'm, was the problem. Is the biggest star in boxing was the biggest joke in boxing, and it just fell apart. That's, that's McGregor is Dana White's moneymaker. That's why he gives him. The thing because he sells out. If you look, he had them like sold out the arena. There, you have the, all these high-paid uh, celebrities and and sports athletes there. Like, I get it, but it's embarrassing. The product is is so awful. I used to love it when it was like every like four or five, six months you would get a UFC. Now you get it every fucking week, and it's so washed that the product is not as good as what what it was because it's all about how much money we can make. 
no rules, no boundaries, two topics, 30 seconds each. It's time for the two-minute warning. I can't even do it. I'm turned off this week. Oh, man. All right. Nope. So we got two-minute warning. I don't know what the I, questions are. You by the can't way, see the questions, apparently. I just saw so one of the questions. Be, I see two of them. So. I'll go first. I'll go first. So he's going to go first. So who's asking the first question I here? Will. You're going to ask first? All right. And you got the second question, Ryan? Sure. Why not? All right. Go ahead, James. What do you got? All right, should the NCA reinstate all records for Reggie Bush and give his Heisman back? It should it should have never been gone in the first place. Because uh, that goes back to the whole thing. NCAA used to pull, be able to pull off everything over these kids, and it just feels so illegal. Yes, I'm in the camp of he should get it, it should get reinstated. I think a lot of the stuff like you need to go back and look at like the Michigan, the Fab Fives, all the anything like a high stake. These guys, these kids that get there. You know, the wins and stuff taken away. Some of that stuff needs to at least consider, uh, get a reconsideration, at least say you're reconsidering it. I think I look at it and I say the rules were the rules when they were the rules. However, if you're admitting a mistake and saying, okay, you know what? It's time, it's time that we get with the program and allow these kids to make money because we were making money off of them, then yes, you need to reinstate them and allow them to have back. But it doesn't go without saying he broke the rules when the rules were a rule. Just and saying. they're not going to admit that they had bullshit rules. No. All and right. NBA Finals. We have the Phoenix Suns up two one over the Milwaukee Bucks. What you got? What do you think of it so far? Uh, I don't really know what to expect, and that's great because it looked like oh shit, here it goes. And you had uh, Giannis with the with the injured knee, and then he comes out and fucking kills it in the it game. It blows my mind. Three. His knee to, to be able to still do it. So like, uh, it's, it'd be real nice. I think if the Suns win this game, I think that's it. But I mean, I want to see it go seven. I, that'd be really cool to see it go seven, but I'm pu- I'm pulling for the Suns. I'm pulling for Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and I think it's cool to have uh, the Suns win it because uh, the no, they never won it. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I'm right there with you. I think they have a, a little bit of experience, a little bit more experienced uh, team. I think there's there's a young team over there in Milwaukee. Uh, great on Giannis. It baffled my mind to yeah, see him come I back in that tore, game. I, put up, the fact that he tears ACL yeah, and, and put up the numbers that he does. You know, you almost like you, you almost look at. I'm not saying it's it's quite the comparison, but you look at the flu game. Right with with Jordan, and yeah. he's coming back from this injury that we thought all thought was an ending injury, you know, a career almost career ending potentially, and it winds up not being. He comes back, it's impressive, but uh, I think the Suns pull it out, and I think it does go to seven after what I saw last night. Simple as that. All right, Scott, that was a good for fifty five seconds there. <laughs> all right, chill out, chill out. <laughs> all right, we appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week. Obviously. This is not Fred over here. Fred's on a hiatus for a little bit, uh, so he's taking care of some things. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of a difference. uh, But uh, if you ever see Fred in the chat room or sharing things, you have our permission to yell at him. He's supposed to be not worrying about this. We got this. Uh, But make sure you guys tune in each and every week. While you're there, you can check out all of our episodes on www.birdlandbs.com. Get all of our gear, which I'm always wearing. I know that nobody nobody else is wearing the gear tonight. I wore two. I had to wear... Orioles gear. Yeah, I say you wore Orioles gear. I so I'll say, give I you a break. the Orioles gear. I could be wearing an Adidas yeah, shirt. Yeah, but you all, I was, you wear the most random shirts yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I do. I have to. Uh, make sure you get your. We got to get Drew some. We need to do a hashtag Drew. Yeah, he's got a Hope <laughs> shirt on. Oh, wait, no, he's got a Tatis <laughs> shirt on. It's at least it's at least sports related. I give him that. <laughs> this one over here has had 
random ass shirts on sometimes. But no, make sure you check us out on our social media pages as well. At Birdland BS is how you find us. We're also with at Big Play and BirdlandSports.com. Make sure that while you're there, you like, follow, subscribe, and share. Leave us comments. Send us uh, individual chats. Give us ideas for the show. We're always looking for ideas, especially right now. We all know it's slow. Obviously, Arsenal game this week, so it picks up a little bit. But make sure you, you let us know if you have an idea or a topic. I know that a few of you have, so we're always excited to have those. If you want to listen to the audio version of the, of the show, it is no longer the podcast. It is the Birdland BS show. If you want to listen to the show, you can check out the audio version on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your audio shows. See what I did there? Yeah. Not podcast. Yeah, all these are still podcasts. Yeah, this is show. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. But make sure you always leave a review for us so we're easier to find. Give us those five stars. We truly appreciate it. For Drew, Fred, who's not here, Ryan, James, and myself, we'll see you guys next week. See you.